BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The Ben Jarofsky Show for your Friday, March 8th is moments away. But before we get started, we would like to remind everyone that this show, The Ben Jarofsky Show, is powered by unions. These hardworking men and women were kind enough to get behind us in this new venture. So we would like to thank the following unions for making this show possible. First up, it's the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, not Aerosmith, Local 126 and District 8, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. Big thank you to all of those unions. And of course, today's show is brought to you by our friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. And with that said, the Ben Jarofsky Show begins right now. Thank goodness it is Friday, March 8th, and live from the Chicago Reader Sun-Times Studios on Racine Avenue, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, it's our second installment of the Romana Rundown with Romana Hussein, and we welcome into our brand new studio, Vice President of the Chicago Teachers Union, Around here, we call her Governor Gates, Stacy Davis-Gates. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist, Ben Jarofsky. Yeah, hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Duck and Dodge Friday. And here's why. By a quirk of fate, the first mayoral debate between Tony Perkwinkle and Lori Lightfoot occurred on the very same day that Governor J.B. Pritzker finally got around to releasing the much-awaited details on his income tax plan. Yes, yes, folks, there's a correlation. Hang with me. In last night's mayoral debate, Lightfoot and Perkwinkle steadfastly ignored all entreaties by Carol Marine, the moderator, to offer anything resembling a detail regarding tax hikes they may have to implement once they are elected as mayor. Oh, yes, folks, tax hikes will be coming because, after all, you got to pay those bills and obligations somehow or other. If you recall, one of the more entertaining aspects of last year's gubernatorial election was the lengths to which Pritzker went to avoid <laughs> mentioning any detail of his progressive tax plan. He endorsed the concept of a fair tax, meaning rates would rise according to your income. But the details? No way. It was almost comical the lengths to which he would go to avoid any detail, even when he was pressed. I'm not a perfect person. <laughs> he brought that one back. I recall. He's not perfect. JB, Come on. He's not perfect. Remember this sample exchange from reporters. A reporter, what will the rates be, Governor? Pritzker, I'm not going to tell you. Come on, tell me, tell me. Nope, not going to, not a, not a, no way. Well, I'm didn't. <laughs> not a perfect person. 
Yeah, he's not perfect, but I'll tell you one thing. He's perfect at avoiding giving any details, no matter how the reporters. They would stand up and down. They would jump up and down. They would juggle. Sometimes they would, like, cloak it and, like, you know, it's good for all mankind. You know, Pritzker, uh, candidate Pritzker, it's really important for all the people in the state to really know. How could they make a decision? And he would look at the reporter and go, uh-uh, not going to tell you. Anyway, he didn't tell you for one simple reason, folks. Because he, as soon as he released anything resembling a detail, Bruce Rauner, you remember him, he was the governor at the time, and he was Pritzker's opponent, would have turned it into an attack ad with one of those ominous voices saying, J.B. Pritzker is going to raise your taxes, and you would have all panicked. So in order to avoid anything resembling panic, to in order to avoid anything resembling negativity, he held off on the details. He always say things like, you know, I'm studying it. I have to look into it. I mean, it's part of a process. I'm going to be working with the uh, legislators, et cetera, et cetera. Look, folks, don't act all high and mighty. Most of you would have done the same thing if you were running uh, for governor or if you were advising a gubernatorial candidate. When it comes to political campaigns, honesty is definitely not in. Anyway, yesterday, Pritzker uh, revealed the details, and uh, we'll be getting into that next week. We're bringing on people to talk about it. But the bottom line is this. If he boils down to one sentence, which is on the front page of today's uh, Sun-Times, Pritzker's graduated income tax plan hits those making more than $250,000. So basically, things will more or less remain the same if you make less than $250,000. If you make more than $250,000, can't even talk. If you make more than $250,000, your taxes will probably rise under this plan. And it's going to take a long time, by the way, before the plan gets implemented. Like I said, we'll be doing the deep dive next week on this. Meanwhile, back to last night's mayoral debate. It was pretty much the same thing. Carol Marine trying, trying to like just eke a detail from Preckwinkle or Lightfoot of what they might do to have to raise taxes to meet the obligations that the mayor will meet have to meet because Mayor Rahm's leaving a lot of obligations on the table, which are stacking up higher and higher, especially as he rushes through before he leaves office about $2.3 billion worth of TIF, fund, uh, TIF spending. But nope, they're not going to do it. Why? The same reason Pritzker did. They don't want those details to be used in an attack ad by their opponent. So they do various tactics like evasion, pivots, pirouettes, platitudes. We'll get into all this as we take the deep dive in the debate. Bottom line, folks, you can't stand the truth, as Jack Nicholson once said, so they're not going to deliver it to you. We got a great show today, everybody. Rem- I'm Jamie Pritzker, <laughs> and I'm not a perfect person. I love that tape, JB. That brings back great memories, doesn't it, Dennis? Yeah. <laughs> Jay, I am not a perfect. He's not perfect, okay. Ben. Come on. All right. I re- that was from, I think, when he was uh, caught with the embarrassing uh, conversation with Bogoyevich, wasn't that? I believe so, around the, that time. Uh, around the time, the embarrassing um, uh, observations about Jesse White and other black politicians. Anyway, we got a great show. Romana Hussein will be here. Yes, indeed. Romana will be doing installment number two of Romana's Rundown, all the great stories of the week. We have a whole it's the Romana of... Rundown. What did I say? Romana's Rundown. Okay, well, I'll get it right. We'll all get right. there. We'll get there. <laughs> Remember this, D. I am not a perfect person. <laughs> that was good. Uh, thank you. Uh, that's why they pay me the big bucks. Seriously, it's called branding. Let's get it right. 
Brandy. Oh, sorry. That's another song. Uh, and we will also have the Stacey Davis Gates will be in the studio. We call her the governor. She's from the Chicago Teachers Union. Uh, and I know she's got lots of things she wants to talk about. She's a big supporter of uh, Tony Prickwinkle. Yesterday on the show, we had Alderman Scott Waggis back. Big supporter of Lori Lightfoot. All right. Before that, we had uh, Carlos Ramirez Rosa, big supporter of Preckwinkle. We're going to mix it up, folks. Okay. Not playing favorites here. Trying to balance it out. Balance it out. So you get to hear all sides as you try to make your big decision. So Stacey Davis Gates will be here uh, in the two o'clock hour. Uh, The doctor is here. Miles is here. Our editor, he's back from a successful uh, baseball practice. Hit a couple home runs. And uh, so we'll have a lots of discussion of politics, 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 and politics today. But before we do any of that, Dr. D's got the national news. All right, everybody. My name's Dennis. It's the middle of the final day of the week, and we have quite a bit to cover from last night's mayoral runoff debate. But we must find out what is going on nationally this afternoon. Well, you know, it seemed like an average day for the president. <laughs> a morning full of pointless tweets to no one and everyone at the same time. Some Twitter works, really. By the way, in case if you were wondering, Donald Trump still has awful taste in television programming, Ben. President Donald Trump tweeted this morning uh, that the show Fox and Friends is a great show. <laughs> Did he really tweet that? Yeah, yeah. I, I missed <laughs> It was for any particular reason for doing that, or yeah, just yeah, felt you more know, than like, likely they were probably saying something he agreed with. Oh well, but, you know. are they saying something nice about him? So I love that show. Well, like I said, just an average day, but then right before his trip to Alabama, mm-hmm. he had some interesting comments to share with all of us. It was in response to a House vote on a resolution condemning anti-Semitism, and remember, Dems won the House back in November. Here's the audio of President Trump, and seriously, guys, who? keeps vacuuming while our president is speaking. I thought yesterday's vote by the House was disgraceful because it's become, the Democrats have become an anti-Israel party. They've become an anti-Jewish party. And I thought that vote was a disgrace. And so does everybody else if you get an honest answer. If you get an honest answer from politicians, they thought it was a disgrace. The Democrats have become an anti-Israel party. They've become an anti-Jewish party. And that's too bad. I'm going to Alabama. <laughs> I'm going to Alabama. I'm going to, wow. Well, Ben, uh, I've known you for a while. I, what, you got what some a skin in the game in this uh, comment here. Wow, what what a say? moment. What a what a what a moment. First of all, you're absolutely correct. This is the scene. It's a typical Trump press conference as he's boarding a plane, with, or is it a helicopter with the Air blades? One. It's Well, somehow he always stands by the engine, so you, he can't really take a question. At, you know, can't hear the question. He could just bellow out over the airplane, <laughs> the, hel- the vacuum cleaner. So that's the, the word that gets out. And then he goes, sorry, I can't hear. I got to go. All right, folks, we're going to unpack this r- with Romano. We'll be talking about this. Maybe throw it at uh, Stacey Davis Gates as well. Uh, yesterday, the House of Representatives uh, voted to pass a resolution condemning anti-Semitism, anti-Muslim bias, uh, d- racism of all kinds, bigotry of all kinds, I should say, against Jews, Muslim, Hindus. It is a result of an uproar that followed tweets by um, Democratic Representative Ilan Amar of Minnesota. She's very critical of Israel, and the issue with her is, does her criticism of Israel slip into anti-Semitism? I think it's a slippery slope. She's in dangerous country. My advice to Representative Omar is to just relax before you tweet anything. 
Maybe think about what you're going to tweet before you tweet it, before you insult a whole bunch of people. It's very legitimate to have criticism of Israel, the Netanyahu government, uh, and the policies of Israel in regards to the Palestinian neighbors. But it's that slippery slope. You want to watch it. You want to just kind of like restrain yourself. But what happens? She releases it, and then it becomes this battle within the Democratic Party with everybody who likes Omar. It's like high school again. Everybody like Omar says she has the right to say what she wants. Everybody who's offended by it says she's offending us. The people who like Omar say, no, you don't have any right to be offended, et cetera, et cetera, and so forth. And so they had a uh, resolution that was called, that was originally going to um, criticize Omar. It ended up, because of the, the infighting in the Democratic Party, because many people pointed out you know, well, you didn't write a resolution uh, criticizing uh, the the uh, bigoted remarks by the Republican legislators against Obama. So why are you doing this one here? So they broaden it. So no group would be left out and everybody could sign on to it. That's basic 101 of Democrats trying to pave over the differences that could really rip their party apart. So what does Donald Trump come do? He took a page right out of Rahm Emanuel's playbook. If you see an issue that you can use as a wedge to divide your opposition, you just poke at it until you have that wedge. Who is Donald Trump to like pretend that he's standing up against anti-Semitism? This was the president of the United States who couldn't even bring it, uh, bring himself to condemn the Nazis who marched in Virginia. What was it, last year, D? I think it was last year. So I would make my recommendation to any Jewish voter in the United States, do not turn to Donald Trump to be your ally in the fight against anti-Semitism. All right, hold on. Several hats here on the Ben Jarofsky Show. I'm uh, posting to Facebook right now, letting everybody know that we're live. Hey, we're live, everybody, by the way. Live streamers, how's it going? All right, continue, publish. Okay, great, great. Several hats. Several hats. Several hats on the Ben Jarofsky Show. Got to post it on Twitter next. All right, we're doing the national news here. All right, in other news nationally, the following comes from Axiom. The committee leaning, or I'm sorry, leading an investigation into White House secretary clearance processes has obtained documents. Yes, that's right. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the documents. <laughs> documents relating to Donald Trump's son-in-law and daughter. The Trump administration had refused to provide the documents, which the oversight committee is seeking, following reports that Trump personally ordered Kushner and Ivanka Trump to be given top level clearance but according to axios the documents were leaked to the oversight committee in february i've not seen these documents but i gotta tell you this see all the all the time all the while all these issues are floating around you know like uh, the omar uh the the resolution dealing with uh, congressman uh, congresswoman omar uh the details of like his negotiations with north korea uh issues a uh, manafort uh here's the headline manafort given less than four years facing long term. all the time these issues are uh, are bubbling up that investigation of the Donald Trump and the Donald Trump's family and the Donald Trump's, um, even his sons, his daughters, it's just, it's, it's coming in closer and closer and closer, D. And it's, I'm just watching this. I'm watching, like, how close can the investigators get to Donald Trump in this term, in this current term, and while he's still the sitting president of the United States? Like, will we actually have an indictment? Uh, of Trump. The Monroe Anderson used to come on the show all the time. Monroe Monday talking Trump, Trump, Trump. By the way, 
Monroe will be back this Tuesday. Nice to hear It'll that, be, listeners. Uh, Monroe Monday, but only on a Tuesday. Let's really confuse people with branding, <laughs> all right? There you go. Uh, if, you, if you thought I had trouble with uh, the Ramana rundown, uh, wait till I get with Monroe Monday on Tuesdays. Uh, he predicted, I think, that Trump will be out of office. When did he say? Fourth of July? I don't think he's yeah. going to make that prediction, by the way. Uh, but uh, no, this is um, this is just one more uh, one more avenue of investigation into Donald Trump. Now, of course, we'll keep you posted on these stories as today's program rolls along. Benny J, mm-hmm. for the fourth and final time this week, quick mm-hmm. question for you, pal. Yes, sir. You ready to find out what's going on in Chicago and or Illinois? I was born ready. Never a bad answer. Never a bad answer at this time, because coming up after this short little break, people, we are going to take the deep dive on last night's Chicago mayoral debate, and we're going to find out what else is next. I can't wait to watch that debate. I cannot wait to take this deep dive. We'll be right back after this. Hey there, producer Dennis here. Thanks for finding and listening to the brand new Ben Jarofsky Show. All right, so here's how this works. The Ben Jarofsky Show live streams on the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel Tuesday through Friday, 1 until 3 p.m. Once the show is over, you can listen to the replay on our YouTube channel, or we throw it online for you to download by 4 p.m. Where can you download the Ben Jarofsky Show, you may be asking yourself? Well, you may be asking yourself a fantastic question. You can find previous Ben Jarofsky shows and guest interviews through several outlets. The Chicago Sun-Times Online, chicago.suntimes.com. The Chicago Reader Online, chicagoreader.com. And wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, pick one. Just search for the Ben Jarofsky Show. J-O-R-A-V as in victory, S-K-Y. So, let's recap. Tuesday through Friday, 1 until 3 p.m., live streamed on the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel and downloadable by 4 at chicago.suntimes.com, chicagoreader.com, and wherever else you listen to your favorite podcast. Yes, the Ben Jarofsky Show is back. We're live and downloaded. Tell your friends and enjoy the rest of the show. break over welcome back to the ben jarofsky show benny J, take it away all right we'll do uh, we've come to that time of the day take the deep dive in the local news and top of the agenda for local news last night's mayoral debate take it away dr d absolutely people we're about to find out what's going on locally it is time for what else is news people the magic number is 25 25 days away from our 2019 chicago runoff elections and last night was the first and Maybe the only. I'm not sure, actually. Do you know if this is the first or the only debate? No, there'll debate? be other debates, yeah. Oh, okay. In fact, uh, Maya uh, uh, Dukmasova, who uh, was on the show yesterday, will be a moderator of one of the debates. No way. Well, yeah, she sent me that. I don't know if I was supposed to reveal okay. that. Uh-oh, I let the cat out of the bag. I'm not supposed to do that. Right, oh, that's sorry. pretty cool, though. Okay, yeah, so it, it is it, the first yeah. uh, televised debate between our Chicago mayoral candidates. Cook County Board President Tony Preckwinkle and former prosecutor slash former Chicago Police Board President Lori Lightfoot. It was on NBC5 in Telemundo. The moderator was NBC5's Carol Marine. And if you've been following along with us on this uh, show in the last week, you already knew that this was going to happen. Holy cow, this thing got intense (laughs) fast. 
It didn't take long, Whoa, did it? I yeah. have some audio of last night's debate, right. but before we get going, Ben, you watched the debate. Uh-huh. What were your overall thoughts on last night? Well, I got to tell you, I was impressed by both candidates. Um, not that they offered any details. As I said earlier, there was a lot of ducking and dodging and vading and, uh, uh, and uh, p- pivots going on last night. Uh, but I was impressed. They're quick on their feet. They're obviously, um, they know a lot about government. Uh, they've both served government in different uh, areas. I don't think, I actually, at the risk of sounding overly optimistic, oh God, I, I always get nervous when I say this. Uh, I, I think we'd be well served uh, by either candidate uh, being elected. So it's one of the first times where I'm not facing uh, a mayoral election with dread uh, at where we're going. A lot of tough choices we're facing as a city of Chicago. A lot of is- uh, issues of funding. How are we going to fund government? And then how are we going to spend the money that we have? Uh, they didn't get into any specifics. There were no questions asked, for instance, about the TIF program, about the two uh, humongous TIF deals that they'll inherit. Uh, so there was a lack of details last night, but I'm confident uh, that uh, both people know what the um, what's at stake anyway. Now, because this really wasn't a thing before the runoff, uh, has to be noted, the beef between our two runoff candidates has escalated so quickly. Mm-hmm. It's insane to think that these two have only been in the runoff for a little over one week, right? Yeah. Man, goodness. It, it, but it's, it's like they've been fighting for years. Yeah, this thing's went to Hillary Bernie status in no time. <laughs> yeah. All right. So which Democratic <laughs> candidate is the best fit uh, to be mayor of our city? Which will properly address our city's problems? Well, before we hear about our issues. We first need to hear about their issues. Let's get started. The first question went to Tony Preckwinkle. Once again, shout out to NBC5 for the audio. Ms. Preckwinkle, if elected, you'll be the first person since Richard J. Daly to control both the mayor's office and the Cook County Democratic Party. Even one of your own commercials calls you a boss. As we sit here in 2019, should one person have that much power? You know, I was elected committeeman in 1992, Carol, and I worked very hard for more than 20 years to try to make the party more inclusive, to make it more diverse. And most of the time I was banging my head against the wall. And I'm very grateful for the opportunity now to make the party inclusive and diverse and represent the entire city and county. You know, we created an executive committee, and that executive committee has three members of the Latinx community, four African-Americans out of 10. So I've created an executive committee that's as diverse as the county, and I want to ensure that the party reflects the diversity. But 19 years as an alderman, nine years as a county board president, that would make you an insider, right? You know, I got elected alderman on my third try. I beat the machine. I was the first woman elected alderman of the fourth ward. When I came to the city council, I formed the Progressive Caucus, one of three founders of the Progressive Caucus. I sponsored and supported strongly every single affordable housing and living wage ordinance that came before the body. That's a progressive record. And when I was serving my constituents, we strengthened our neighborhood schools, we built We built a lot of housing, (laughs) I think it's 1,500 units, so we strengthened struggling communities, and we worked hard to address the public safety challenges that our communities face. All right, that is a classic pivot. Uh, The original question that uh, Carol Marine posed was very specific. It was, if you are elected mayor and you're holding on to your position as county chair of the Democratic Party, will you have 
too much power. Is that too much power for one person? That was the question that was asked of Tony Preckwinkle. I've been asking Tony Preckwinkle questions for years, D, and I realize she is the master of not answering a question that you ask her, but answering the question that she wants to answer. In this case, she wanted to answer a question talking about how under her reign at the party, they've been more inclusive and diverse in who they um, uh, appoint or run for office, a draft to run for office. So that was the question had to do with power. She answered a question about what a great job she's done uh, as party chair, not a, a dealing with the power issue, as opposed to saying, well, you know, if, I, if elected mayor, I'll step down as party chair. You know, that would have been an uh, a very specific answer, but she wasn't willing to do that. She doesn't want to do that, apparently, or she doesn't want to make the commitment now. And then, of course, uh, 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 Carol Marine sort of pivoted uh, with the second part of the Instead of pressing it on the, um, well, is it too much power? She said, are you an insider? And uh, I thought Tony's response to that was pretty good, sort of sh- uh, tracing her evolution from um, a maverick. She defeated Tim Evans back in what was in 1991 for Alderman. She ran as an independent uh, and played that sort of maverick independent role in the Chicago City Council throughout the 90s. So she has sort of uh, evolved into a party animal, if you will, evolved into a political boss. That's what she was saying in so many words. So there were two part question there, but she c- clearly ducked and dodged what I consider the most important part, which is. Is it too much power in one person to hold the party position and the mayoralty? I just hear you say uh, Tony Preckwinkle has evolved into a party animal. <laughs> party. What parties are you going to? Okay, not parties like rock and roll oh, or whatever that oh, okay. Party as in Democratic oh, or Republican. Okay. All right, well, so far, so good. Now let's hear the first question for Lori Lightfoot. Mm-hmm. Ms. Lightfoot, the Preckwinkle team paints you as an insider, a partner in a top Chicago law firm, a city hall appointee to a number of prominent positions under two mayors. You know your way around city hall. Would that also define you as an insider? You know, I think it's interesting and frankly disappointing that Tony Preckwinkle and her people would try to criticize me for being successful. I come from a working class family My father worked two and three jobs my entire growing up years. My mother cleaned houses, and then she was an aide in a mental hospital, nursing home, and at the end of her working career, she uh, cared for older people who were at the end of their life and were sick and shut in. They sacrificed every single day to make sure that I could be successful. I am a black success story, as are many people who are in the middle and upper middle class in this city. And for somebody like Tony Preckwinkle and her people to criticize me for being successful, I find it highly ironic. All right. One more time. A pivot. <laughs> Lori Lightfoot could play the game, too, D. The question, the specific question was, are you an insider? And I suppose uh, embedded in that question is the notion that people in Chicago are tired of insiders. They're tired of people who've been part of the process for all these years. They want a clean clean break from the past, clean break from people who are tied to Rom, people who are tied to Daly, people who are tied from Burke. So there's many ways she could have directly answered that question. But what she instead instead did was to hit one of her favorite talking points, which she also hit us with uh, at the hideout 
on Tuesday. It's the first time I heard her do this. I was impressed with it at the hideout. I'm impressed with it uh, yesterday, although it really didn't fall, follow directly from the question asked. And that is, you know what? I should not be criticized for my success as a corporate lawyer. Yes, I'm a corporate lawyer, but I came from very modest up uh, beginnings and uh, working class background, and it's I'm a success story. And you shouldn't. Tr- I shouldn't be forced to uh, apologize for being a success story. So I am a uh, black success story. I think that's the exact quote that she gave. So. Yeah, she didn't answer the question, the question being, you know, as an insider. Yeah, you're a success story, but that meant you were an insider. So should we be worried about that? Now, the reality is they're both insiders. So maybe she could have said, you know what, what's the difference? I'm one insider. She's another insider. We're all insiders. But uh, she did not answer the question, D. Instead, she offered up a talking point. So that's a one-on-one of debate tactics. If you don't want to, really, it's not even, I don't even know she wanted to duck and dodge the question so much as she really wanted to get that talking point out there. All right, now here's where that uh, intense part I was talking about uh, begins to happen. So you both dismiss the notion that you are in any way insiders. Well, look, I'm not a person who decided that I would climb the ladder of the political party, the corrupt political party. I don't hold the title of committeeman, central committeeman, um, boss of the party. Those are the credentials of an insider. In the positions that I have held, first as a public employee um, during the term of Richard, um, Richard M. Daley, I worked for the police department, for OEMC, for the procurement department, and I took on and solved tough challenges and, frankly, tasks that a lot of people shied away from. And to suge- sure. Let me just finish. And to suggest <laughs> that somehow that makes me something other than what I am, the one thing I am is a person who took on Rahm Emanuel. I didn't stay on the sidelines until the Goliath was slayed. I stepped up because I knew that our city needed leadership and to bring to the table voices that needed to be heard. I wasn't afraid of Rahm. You know, <laughs> I grew up poor too, that's not the point. Yeah. The point is what you choose to do with your time and talent as Indeed. an adult. I was a teacher, I worked for not-for-profit organizations, I was a staff person in the Harold Washington administration, I've been an alderman, I'm president of the county now. And let me just say, while I was doing that, for the last 13 years, she has been an equity partner that's an owner of a law firm that defends big tobacco, that defends big pharma, that defends environmental polluters. She herself was 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 one of the attorneys that defended we'll, Merrill Lynch against discrimination suits by African Americans. Let me say something. Let me just finish. I listen to you. Let me finish. You criticized my law firm. You just took a donation from one of my partners two days ago. Everybody's going to get a chance to talk. I love it when the mic. Hold on, hold on to your separate corners. Everybody, it's like the referee in a boxing match when they go into the clinch. Bring it up, bring it up. By the way, uh, Tony Prekwinko, I got to give her credit. That was a uh, very effective uh, parry that she did, uh, laying out the case uh, against Lori Lightfoot, if you will, that Lori Lightfoot is uh, effective. It's not so much that she's an insider in the classic Chicago definition of the word, but that as a corporate lawyer, she has dedicated herself to defending and helping and assisting um, the well-to-do to the detriment of the rest of us. 
as opposed to being on the front lines fighting for the common man, if you will. I thought Tony Preckwinkle did a very effective job of positioning Lori Lightfoot in a way that Lori Lightfoot does not want to be positioned and forcing an issue that Lori Lightfoot doesn't want to deal with it. And so Lori Lightfoot's response is to say, if you feel so bad about corporate lawyers, why'd you take the $2,500 contribution from the lawyer? So she's trying to parry her back. And uh, so when Lori Lightfoot does that, she talks over Tony Preckwinkle and uh, enables herself to avoid answering directly the issue, which is a very important issue people talk about. Since they're not giving us any information, D, about what they're going to do once they're elected as mayor in terms of policies, it becomes a character test. You know, Which person do we like more? Which person do we trust more? Who, who do we think is going to look out for our interests more? And so if you can, if Tony Preckwinkle can present Lori Lightfoot as a cold, unfeeling instrument of corporate America, that may be uh, an a way she can win over votes. Lori Lightfoot doesn't seem to be able to deal with, at least in that moment, it'll be interesting what Romana has to say about it when we bring her on, but at least at that moment, she didn't seem to be able to deal with that a very effective parry by Tony Preckwinkle. Yes, in studio, Romana Hussein. We're going to be uh, doing the Romana Rundown. What's it called again? Romana Rundown. All get right, it right. Installment right. number two. All right, we get the t-shirts out next week. All right, but before we uh, get to that in our break, let's uh, finish it out here with Tony Preckwinkle's response. I didn't interrupt her. I'd be grateful if she was just as courteous to me. You know, and she's also defended Clark Oil against age discrimination suits. So the question is not that you're successful. It's possible to be very successful and not be an equity partner and owner in a firm that has a history of protecting the privileged and the powerful oh against goodness. working people, against working families. That's I gotta, what she's done. I got to respond. That's what she's done. I got to respond to this. Response. Go ahead. You I wondered the level of nastiness and hypocrisy that you were going to bring to this discussion. Rather than talking about the issues that I think are important for voters all across the city, you just took a $2,500 donation from one of my partners. So if we were so awful, why are you constantly soliciting (laughs) donations to your current campaign from partners at Mayor Brown? That is a height of hypocrisy. And let me tell you, let me tell you something else, President Preckwinkle. While you have been um, in your public life, you have aspired to buddy up with and defend the likes of Jill Berrios, who absolutely has completely crushed the dreams of low-income black and brown homeowners all over this county. Can and we- you and you have taken money from and given a job to Ed Burke's kid. So I find it the height of irony that you're criticizing me for the things that I have done in my life, both as a lawyer, and I'm proud of the fact that I, aspi- that I rose to be a senior equity partner in a law firm that frankly uses its resources like, to do good. Right. In your corners, in your corners. <laughs> I'm telling you. They're both good. I said that. Lori Lightfoot's quick on her feet. She came back hard, all right, with the Joe Burials. Crush the dreams. <laughs> Joe Burials. Uh, it's, they'll be pounding Joe Burials for 20 years now. They, you know, they ran. They used to be Todd Stroger. Oh, Todd Stroger. They, he was the, the, the face of all that was wrong with government in uh, Cook County and Chicago. You know, always avoided uh, mentioning Richard M. Daly because everybody was, everybody, including Preckwinkle, and Lori Lightfoot was supporting Richard M. Daly. 
right? But they beat up on Todd Stroger. So now they're beating up on Joe Berrios for getting, of course, you know, the support that uh, uh, that they gave for years and years uh, to Daly. So, yeah, very effective, I thought, uh, by both um, Preckwinkle and Lightfoot. Now I have other clips of last night's debate, and we're going to play those clips throughout today's show, especially with our uh, 2 o'clock guest, the one and only Stacey Davis-Gates. We're going to hear Tony on her relationship with Ed Burke. Lori Lightfoot talks Laquan McDonald. Uh, and Tony Preckwinkle, we're going to find out what her favorite song to dance to <laughs> is. Oh, uh, yeah. That was hilarious. Get Tony's ready. favorite song. It's a great song, but nobody dances to it. Anyway. Uh, All good, of that coming up. Good stuff. Just like that, you're now in the know of what's going on in Chicago. And now you will have an answer. The next time someone asks you, hey, what else is news? Right, let me tell you something. Tell me. Something our 2 o'clock guest, uh, Stacey Davis-Gates, thinks. Okay. Something that Stacey Sky King of the Chicago Bulls thinks. Sure. And something that Stacey Jackson, a kid I went to high school, thinks. Hey, Stacey. You did a great job. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. We got Romano saying in the studio. We'll be right back after this. If you would like to advertise with The Ben Jarofsky Show, and who wouldn't, contact Tracy Bame at publisher at chicagoreadercorp.com. We have several advertising options for your business or organization, and quite frankly, we would love nothing more than to tell our listeners all about it. Once again, that's Tracy Bame at publisher at chicagoreadercorp, that's C-O-R-P as in Paul, dot com. To advertise with the Ben Jarofsky Show, the Chicago Reader, and the Chicago Sun Times. We look forward to plugging you. Okay, well, that came out kind of weird. More of the Ben Jarofsky Show live and downloaded in moments. Jarofsky Show is brought to you by the Chicago Sun-Times. For the latest in Chicago and Illinois news, sports, weather, and the latest in national news from a real Chicago frame of mind and real Chicago writers, check out the Chicago Sun-Times. Read the daily paper or online at chicago.suntimes.com. And hey, if you have a little extra cash, subscribe. And by the Chicago Reader. For a deeper dive in the daily Chicago news and for all of what's going on in this city, you gotta read The Reader. Music, arts and culture, film, extensive event calendars, concert listings, and more, including weekly political columns from writers like Maya Dukmasova and, yes, our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader is free in newsstands and at chicagoreader.com. That's chicagoreader.com. Hey, welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Yes, indeed, we're live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Romana Hussein is in the studio with me uh, every Friday at this time. Uh, Romana comes in for the Romana Rundown. <laughs> it's time for the Romana Rundown. Down, down. Take it away, Benny J. Okay, I uh, love that song. Of course, that's Conquistador. Uh, anyway, it's not Conquistador. Anyway, uh, Romana Hussein, editor at the Chicago Sun-Times. Welcome back, Romana. Thanks. Thanks for having me again. All right. Well, you're going to be back every Friday. <laughs> she doesn't have any choice. <laughs> I've already told her, Romana, you got to come in on Friday. All right, all right. The Romana Rundown. 
and uh, I guess w- there's no particular reason why I have the order I do other than um, for this particular rundown. Uh, then I just lo- uh, liked it. Today's Sun-Times, I'm going to show it to all our listeners, uh, is a classic, and I mean classic Chicago Sun-Times headline. Uh, it's I don't think you get the full flavor, Romana, if you fo- just follow the news on the Internet as you do from the paper itself. You know what I'm saying? No, not at all. Not with the headlines and the pictures and just the big lettering. It just it's a it's, it's a different feel. But I'm older, so I read the paper. So I'm a different person than a lot of people. Uh, and this, this has to do with Art Kelly, of course, uh, the uh, a singer uh, who is now I think he's in jail. He's back in jail. Um, uh, lately, uh, let's see, the headline is R. Kelly's previous lawyer, quote, he was guilty as hell. Uh, it's a headline on a Neil Steinberg column. Ramana, talk about what uh, revelations were in this column. So um, Neil Steinberg had sat down with Ed Jensen, who was R. Kelly's lawyer in 2008 when he was first in court for the uh, criminal uh, conduct, uh, their alleged criminal conduct, because he did get off. Um, so Ed Jensen was just talking. He's um, he was pretty, you know, he's been battling, you know, various illnesses for a long time. So I I remember just covering court cases at that time, and he was already in a wheelchair. And I believe when he defended R. Kelly, he was in a wheelchair. But he's pretty sick right now. Um, and I, I I haven't asked Neil what you know, prompted him to go talk to him. But, you know, they obviously started talking about R. Kelly. And Ed Jensen just talked about how, you know, he's defended people who are innocent and he's defended people who are guilty. And he says that R. Kelly was definitely definitely guilty. And I just thought it was interesting with the revelations about him giving libido-killing injections to him to keep him from more trouble. And I know it's, um, you know, this is a very serious subject, but I just kind of had to... It kind of took back. It took me back a little because I was like, I didn't know there were those types of injections. I know uh, there's Viagra and all this other um, medication, but I just never heard of that. I never knew that was uh, a problem <laughs> or something that people actually took injections for. So that was pretty interesting. And I thought the second thing that kind of jumped out at me was uh, that uh, Jensen said that he, because of him, R. Kelly changed the lyrics to his song Ignition, yeah. which also cracked me up because you have this old, older white guy <laughs> influencing the song of an R. Kelly song, you know. So I, I thought it was pretty funny. I, I, I know I shouldn't, this isn't a laughing matter. It's a very serious subject, but it just. It, it, Nonetheless, make, it is pretty me, funny, the notion that, that. That did make me giggle. <laughs> he said that originally it was a song about him being a driver's ed teacher. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, he's just like listening to the lyrics. And I, I just can't imagine Ed Jensen driving his car, listening to R. Kelly. It just it just kind of cracked me up. I, no, I don't know. No, I, there's there's some very uh, funny bits in this column. I urge everyone to read it. Neil Steinberg's column, uh, Blast from the Past. It's entitled, uh, when you go into the inside page, Ed Jensen, uh, Romana, you covered the criminal court building for uh, several years here yeah. at the Chicago Sun-Times. He's one of the great characters of the criminal court building, a defense lawyer, uh, very theatrical in his presentation. He's been hired by all kinds of notorious uh, defendants. And the notion, uh, the, the so many cops and law uh, prosecutors that I've talked to down through the years, they just cannot stand criminal defense lawyers because they view it that the defense lawyers know that their clients are probably guilty of the charges they're up against, and yet they're going to use every trick of the 
Facebook, everything they can to get that person off because that's their their mission is not justice. Their mission is not the truth. This is what cops say about it. Yeah. their mission is victory uh, and to stymie truth. And Jensen kind of plays into this by with this confession. Uh, to Neil Steinberg. Yeah, I think it's pretty interesting, too. Incidentally, my grandfather was a criminal defense attorney, but in India. And my mom says she remembers uh, just like, you know, him talking to his clients. And she's like, I'm pretty sure there are some people that had committed murder. She said she remembers one time and she just remembers the guy talking to my grandfather and he was kind of giving him tips on like how to testify and my mom's like I still remember that so you know I'm sure some criminal defense attorneys they have to do that they're hired to do that to defend someone and everybody does have a right to a fair trial so they're trying to do everything in their within their practice to do what they feel is right to give this person a fair trial and you know they you know they kind of work within the law and, you know, people are listening to them. the juries listening to them, you know, when it's a judge, they're listening to them. So they work in within the legal framework and everybody does deserve, you know, a fair trial. So that's what the viewpoint they're going from. And, you know, obviously police and prosecutors have a totally different perspective. I mean, I don't know if they what what do they want defense attorneys to do? Just say, oh, yeah, he's guilty. I mean, I just think it's interesting that, you know, he's going off and saying that By the he way, was guilty. Many of the same police officers who complain about the tactics of the Ed Jensen of the world would be the first to hire, to hire Ed, Ed Jensen. Jensen. Yeah. Uh, and the guy who, uh, Herbert, who got uh, Herbert, yeah. uh, Van Dyke off, was using so many tricks of the trade that yeah. criminal defense lawyers do, you know. Uh, because when it's you, it's different. It's you different. Know? And, and, and it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be that way. So I think defense attorneys will tell you, you know, they're giving their client a fair trial and they were hired to defend this person and to prove their innocence. Yeah. So I'm sure a lot of people think differently. You know, I've talked to defense attorneys and they told me, you know, they talked to their clients, they've gotten punched in the face, they're still defending this person. And so, you know, it, it's just an interesting dynamic. And I think a lot of defense attorneys will, you know, they just have a different viewpoint. Well, but uh, I, I did think this was interesting because it's Ed Jensen saying this. Uh, Ed Jensen uh, revealed uh, to Neil Steinberg, he said, he's still around at 77, though ill, his usual candor honed by the approach of death. That's Neil writing. And uh, here's a quote. I have bile duct cancer, Jensen said. Uh, the doctors gave him 90 days to live. That was a year and a half ago. They don't know what they're doing. I just, when I read that, I just laughed out loud. Yeah, that made me laugh too because there's, uh, my father was a doctor and there's doctors in my family. So you got did, a lawyer for a did. grandfather, a father's <laughs> a doctor. I know you're going to think I'm lying, but my, this is a, a side, a mayoral side, but my brother-in-law had Willie Wilson as a patient and Willie Wilson was telling him, you know, I'm running for mayor. And my brother-in-law, he pays attention to national politics more than he does to local politics. And this is before all the field of candidates came out and he saw pictures and he's like, he just kind of laughed it off. And he goes, oh, that's interesting. And then, you know, lo and behold, he's like, wait, I had this patient and he told me he was going to run for mayor. I thought he was kidding. And then it's turned out, I go, which one was it? And he goes, Willie Wilson. Yeah, so, no, that's, those are like the revelations that you pick up from time to time. This is not one of the things I had on the list of the Romana rundown, but there was also a story uh, in today's Sun-Times. Northwestern Hospital employees said they were fired over Smollett Records, uh, Jesse Smollett. So it's like these little innocent conversations that... Yeah. Uh, Doctors haven't suddenly the have reverberations uh, working against them. That was in today's paper yeah. as well. And, you know, um, with Ed Jetson, there are, you know, a lot of miracles. You know, doctors, you know, my father used to say, well, you know, like doctors know like maybe 20 percent of how the human body works. Everything else is a mystery. That's why they have continuing education. So a lot of doctors will say, oh, you only have like 
you know, three months to live. And a lot of times they are right, but they might not be right no, all the time. I, I so. bet I just love Jensen. They don't know what they're yeah. talking about. <laughs> I thought about. that was pretty <laughs> funny, was... too. That made me laugh, too. The ignition, the libido-killing no, the... drugs, and the... That is so bizarre. The, I, that's one of, like, the only R. Kelly song I know, that ignition song. And to think that a 77-year-old white guy wrote to some kid. I'm starting to wonder <laughs> I, about that I, one. I, I, I just thought it was funny. I can't. I just couldn't imagine him driving his car listening to oh, You can't R. put Kelly that in there? Take that out. Yikes. Uh, all right. Maybe you need to change the lyrics a little and... Um, the number two on our list from the Romana rundown of things that went on this week, uh, Congresswoman Ilan Omar from Minnesota uh, uh, got in trouble with one of her tweets again, and it led to a big to-do in Congress. And here's the lead on the story uh, from today's uh, New York Times, Romana. Uh, it started as a resolution condemning anti-Semitism. Then anti-Muslim bias was added in. After that came white supremacy, and by the end, it cited African Americans, Native Americans, and other people of color, Jews, Muslims, Hindus, Sikhs, immigrants, and others victimized by bigotry, the resolution condemning hateful expression of intolerance, which passed the House by an overwhelming vote of 407 to 23, was as much a statement of Democrats' values as their factionalism. That's the lead in uh, the New York Times on it. What's sort of your general thoughts about this story? Um, you know, I'm a Muslim woman of color, and so I definitely have a viewpoint on this issue. I try to, I'm an old-fashioned journalist. I try to keep my viewpoints suppressed, but it's really hard. Um, I, I do think, um, you know, I think the resolution, obviously it's needed in this day and age. And Ilham Omar was one of the ones who signed off on this as well. I think all the Republicans voted against it, which I thought was pretty interesting, I think, I, I'm pretty sure there's like, I think there's like 30 something. Yeah, but some Republicans voted oh, for okay. it. Oh, yeah. okay. I, I think I, it was majority yeah. voted against it. Um, I, I think I read uh, somebody's tweet, a human rights activist who said that, uh, you know, it's sad that this Islamophobia resolution against, you know, among other things, Islamophobia kind of started off rooted in Islamophobia. That's how a lot of Muslim people felt, a lot of Palestinians felt. Um, obviously, this is a very, very sensitive subject. I grew up in a mostly Jewish neighborhood. There are some Jewish friends that I can talk about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict with, and there are some I can't. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're just going to have different viewpoints no matter what. And I, you know, grew up in a Muslim household and, you know, we there were a lot of talks about how the Palestinians are mistreated and how many there's human rights violations um, in Israel. But the United States doesn't really do anything about it. So, you know, there's definitely discussion about it. But I, I think it's interesting that the debate is changing a little. Um, I thought I didn't know if it was a tweet that got I mean, uh, the initial um, controversy that happened at the uh, Congressman Omer was uh, the tweet that she had said all about the Benjamins. Mm -hmm, and that baby. was, like, you know, yeah. So. I heard that this was like she went into a bookstore and she's talking about how whenever she's criticized for, you know, condemning Israel for human rights violations. And he said, I want to talk about political influence in this country that says it is OK for people to push allegiance to a foreign country. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what got a lot. Some people that said that it was an anti-Semitic comment is because, you know, historically Jewish people were, you know, questioned about their allegiance to the country so um and saying that you know they have this allegiance to israel and that's it so 
it's definitely it, it it got interesting and i think a lot of people felt like she was unfairly singled out because she is a visibly a visibly a muslim with the hijab on and uh, a black woman so i thought the the debate got really interesting i thought it was, also thought it was interesting that rom emmanuel weighed in well we'll get to that uh in a little while but my recommendation uh to congresswoman omar stay away from twitter um, she's still I, on Twitter. She's, she's tweet, got some issues with the she, Twitter. She tweet, uh, you know, she's been tweeting because Megan McCain started crying about it and how she said she was scared of uh, Congressman Omer. So that created another um, that created another controversy because people like, oh, this, you know, it's a white woman scared of a black woman. So, you know, that's another trope. So I'm just saying that she's she's continuing to tweet. I'm just letting you know. Yeah. Well, I just think in general, people should have a little more restraint on Twitter. Uh, I think that uh, clearly, speaking of Rom, uh, Rom made it gave advice to Democrats a while ago. I heard I can't remember which talk show he was on. He says, see where the divide is in the Republican Party. See where you can really stick that wedge in and then stick it in there and work it. So you work one faction against the other faction. Donald Trump is obviously learning from the same school uh, yes. that Rahm is. Uh, so today he, I don't know if you heard this, we were probably coming into the studio. He gave one of his uh, famous press conferences in front of the airplane with the, the you, can, you can't ask a question because the uh, the engine is drowning out the reporter's questions. Where he accused Democrats of being anti-Jewish, coming from Donald Trump, <laughs> that is so outrageous. This is a man who wouldn't even condemn Nazis marching through uh, Virginia, a, a very real threat uh, with Nazis with torches marching through uh, Virginia. But so clearly, but obviously, the Republicans are going to do everything they can to manipulate this and work this wedge uh, in the hopes that what? Like I'm thinking wherever there's a heavy concentration of Jewish voters, Florida, that's yes, a swing yeah. state. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you could get Florida. Pennsylvania, you know, that's a swing state. Ohio, you see what I'm saying? I don't know Pennsylvania and Ohio had our Jewish population. Well, Pe uh, yeah. Pennsylvania has like around Philadelphia. Yeah. I'm not sure about it. Now that I think about Ohio, I'm not sure. Uh, Shaker Heights, there's a community yeah. heavily Jewish. But anyway, the point is, is that if you can work that wedge issue to your political advantage, you're not worried about like bridging, uh, uh, you know, uh, different community groups, trying to get different communities working well together. You understand? It's a yeah. political wedge. For sure. And that's what Donald Trump is going to turn it into. Uh, so that's my advice to Congresswoman Omar. Just stay away from the Twitter for a month, okay? <laughs> Just stay away from it. It's an addiction people have. All right, the mayoral debate. You heard uh, bits and pieces of it. What's your general thoughts of it? Uh, I actually heard bits and pieces of it. I didn't watch it. I was uh, ready to leave work as soon as it started. But I know you said it was kind of sounded like a boxing match, but it actually kind of sounded more like a wrestling match to me from what I saw. And I saw that Carol Maureen had to give him a time out, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, it sounded like, you know, the gloves are off and they're kind of swinging at each other. And uh, it's it's getting pretty interesting. And I, I, I thought just listening to the audio, it's getting pretty heated. You know, they're both kind of seen as these really serious women. And, you know, I know Tony Preckwinkle is kind of like seen as this person who doesn't really show emotion that much. Mm -hmm. And so they both seem very serious and stoic. And, and it seemed like they had a lot of passion last night and because we're just taking the swings. And I think that's the strategy they're probably going to be going with for the next few weeks. So I think we're going to see a lot more of this before it's over. Well, let me ask you this. When you hear and remove as much as you can the journalist in you and just talk about the voter or the consumer in you when you hear uh these general 
uh, accusations that each camp throws at the other. Like these are ca- these are character assassination points. Yes. All right. So um, uh, Tony is saying corporate lawyer. Okay, corporate lawyer. Corporate lawyer. Uh, she's represented the wealthy uh, at the detriment to everybody else. That's Tony's character assassination. Uh, and uh, Lori Lightfoot is coming back at, at her as uh, party hack, party hack. Her loyalty is to her uh, confederates in the Democratic Party, be they Ed Burke or Joe Berrios, who have worked against uh, against your interests for all these years. So you hear these two general character assassinations being lobbed. Which one do you think is more effective or how do they both sort of parallel to each other? You know, I think it's interesting because, you know, we're journalists, so we're going to look at it in, from a different point of view. I know you told me to take off my journalist Take hat. it off. I, Come on. Let I, it fly. <laughs> but I, I, I feel like, I don't know, maybe some people don't think being a corporate lawyer is that bad. You know, they maybe some people think it's a good thing. They're like, you know, she's making money. She's successful. Look at Donald Trump. People like the fact that he's has money. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm like, what? No, no. I, I mean, not, not, I'm not saying me particularly okay. or you, but yeah. I'm just saying there is this kind of like people see this as a success story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's saying, why should I be penalized because I'm successful? You know, there are definitely progressives who look at that and they hear corporate lawyer and they think, oh, that's a dirty word. Um, there will be people who are saying they want someone who has experience in politics you know, look at tech, Tony Preckwinkle and they say, you know, they don't want someone who just is like, you know, just walking in without any experience. So like, you know, she, fine, she has all these ties. So I don't know, you know, I try to look, I, it's really hard for me to kind of separate myself from the journalist because I don't know, like, I, I, I think a lot of people do think being a corporate lawyer is probably great. I mean, she's making a lot of money. She's successful. You know, she's been able to use that. And she's mm-hmm. like, she said for, you know, getting visibility and, you know, trying to, you know, be the next mayor of Chicago. So I think, I don't think it's necessarily, people might be looking at, you know, who they're getting the endorsements from mm-hmm. and maybe like what they're going to do. I think a lot of people will, I, I, I'm surprised that Tony's soda tax um, proposal hasn't come up or tone, soda, soda tax come up. I don't because, think it came up in the debate at all. Because a lot of people, like, you know, I've seen just like anecdotally, people refer to her as tax winkle. And mm-hmm. I've seen like the average person, like they think that's like the worst thing that she's done. So I, I'm the try, like I'm saying, I'm trying to look as, you know, what I've seen on my Facebook, what I'm seeing on Twitter, mm-hmm. just anecdotally what I hear people say about them. So I think it'll, I think it'll be pretty interesting. And, you know, with Lori Lightfoot, some people think the fact that she was on the police board, you know, she's she's a cop. You know, she's, you know, she's more of a prosecutor type. So why would we trust her? But then there are some people who, you know, want someone who has a police background or, you know, is understands that. So I think it's a little more nuanced. It's not that black and white. And we see it a little differently as journalists. We now as a journalist, when you watch a debate, I know this is uh, it, I'm, I'm this way. I can't ever t- really turn off the journalist. Yeah, I can't either. <laughs> but you hear like a direct question is asked of a candidate. And they don't answer the question directly. I, that like triggers, and both of them did that last night. Yeah, it wasn't that, just that, anno- that annoys me as a journalist because I'm like, I want to hear them answer the question. And you know, as entertaining as it as it can be with them, like you know, ripping at each other. <laughs> I mean, it is it is entertaining, it is entertaining to some extent. Yeah. To some extent, it is entertaining. But at at the same time, we want them to give hard you know hard answers to questions that we want answered. And as journalists. We're so used to people evading questions and that really infuriates us. So that's why it's hard to separate the journalist from the regular viewer. All right, now let me ask this one. Uh, Toward the end of the debate, 
Um, I think it was the last question. Stacey Davis Gates is in the studio. We're going to bring her. I'm going to ask her all these questions, too. So, <laughs> Stacey, pay attention. Take notes. Uh, at the Near the end of the debate, uh, I think, I forget how Carol Marine did it, but she said, say something nice about your opponent. They didn't, right? I heard that they, or they did. No, no, no. So what, what, uh, so what Tony said, I forget what uh, Lori said that was nice about Tony. I, I just literally cannot remember uh, what Lori said that was nice. I'm sure it was really nice. Okay. So then Tony said, what I really admire, and I'm paraphrasing, is that you're out about your uh, sexuality, that you're an open, oh, okay. openly lesbian. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I heard that. I, I have to admit, I just heard it. I was like, oh, well, you know, that's pretty cool. You know, And she was doing it as a generational thing. Like, I'm on a, my generation, people wouldn't come out. You know, and they would live in the closet. So I give you credit for that. But then on uh, Facebook and Twitter and that kind of thing, social media, yeah, uh, <laughs> people were saying, you know what? That was dog whistling. That what, in fact, Tony Preckwinkle was doing was calling attention. To uh, the fact that she's, that she's gay. Yeah. So, you know, like any voter out there who would have an issue with that, that was Tony Preckwinkle's way of saying, hey. She's Did saying, you know? You know, but I which, know. how do you read it? I think that anybody who's plugged kind of knows that, right? Plugged in. Anybody who knew that about the elections, anybody who's paying attention or watching the debates, I think knew that going in. So um, I know some people might see that as Tony doing that, but I, if I saw that, that's not what would pop in my mind. All That's right. not the first thing that would pop in my mind. I think uh, Stacey Gates uh, agrees with you because she's nodding her head as she sits there. Stacey Davis Gates is our next guest. Romana Hussein doing the Romana Rundown. We're going to have t-shirts made out for the Romana Rundown, yeah. right? I forgot I forgot to talk about Rom, but that's oh! okay. but, but, oh, but yes. I just wanted to point out one thing. Yes. So like he had the article in the Atlantic yes. and he just basically, which is fine. I think he, it was right for him to have his viewpoint. But, you know, a lot of me and my friends, one of my Palestinian friends pointed it out this sentence about the driving yes about the driving he said uh he talked about how israel is a lot different from its neighbors that in israel women can vote and serve in the armed forces so can members of the lgbtq community its arab citizens can vote and form political parties and serve in the israeli parliament and israeli women can drive just as badly as the rest of the population now if rahm emanuel knew anything about the middle east most countries, uh, up until I guess just Saudi Arabia, was the only country Saudi that Arabia. where women weren't driving, and now they are. But there is a documentary called Speed Sisters about uh, Palestinian race car drivers um, driving race cars in the occupied territories. So I just want to tell Rahm Emanuel that Palestinian women do drive. All right, here's my recommendation: Congresswoman Omar, stop tweeting. <laughs> Mayor Rahm, stop writing I essays think, in the. By the way, I don't believe he wrote. Do you think Rahm wrote? You read the essay. I know. Yes you, or no? I know you and my husband had discussions about whether he reads books, although on his list. I think he could have written it. I, it sounded like Rahm. I think. <laughs> I, well, wait a minute. I think, I think, yes, literally, he could have written it. I mean, clearly, Rom knows how to use a pen. I'm holding a pen up, listeners, uh, and he can write. But did he write it? Is the question. Don't duck and dodge, Romana. Answer maybe, the question. Maybe, maybe he didn't, and he actually knows that Palestinian women can drive. <laughs> so next time I see him, maybe I'll ask him that. You know what? He's outraged. How yeah. dare you, speechwriter? Write that. <laughs> I know Palestinian women can drive. Anyway, Ramana Hussein, we didn't even get an opportunity to discuss uh, the socks 
issue. We'll do that next time at the For end sure. of debate. Yeah, I'm the, sure we'll talk about the Sox and Cubs more as baseball season gets underway. All right. Ramon saying is a huge Cubs fan, ladies and gentlemen. I will not hold that against I love the Cubs, too. Uh, I will not hold that against her anyway. Ramana, thank you so much. It's called the Ramana Rundown. This has been the Ramana Rundown. <laughs> She has her own song, Romano Hussein for the Chicago Sun-Times. Stacey Davis-Gates is on deck. We'll bring her on when we return. Hey there, producer Dennis here. Thanks for finding and listening to the brand new Ben Jarofsky Show. All right, so here's how this works. The Ben Jarofsky Show live streams on the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel Tuesday through Friday, 1 until 3 p.m. Once the show is over, you can listen to the replay on our YouTube channel, or we throw it online for you to download by 4 p.m. Where can you download the Ben Jarofsky Show, you may be asking yourself? Well, you may be asking yourself a fantastic question. You can find previous Ben Jarofsky shows and guest interviews through several outlets. The Chicago Sun-Times Online, chicago.suntimes.com. The Chicago Reader Online, chicagoreader.com. And wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, pick one. Just search for The Ben Jarofsky Show. J-O-R-A. V as in victory, S-K-Y. So, let's recap. Tuesday through Friday, 1 until 3 p.m., live streamed on the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel and downloadable by 4 at chicago.suntimes.com, chicagoreader.com, and wherever else you listen to your favorite podcast. Yes, the Ben Jarofsky Show is back. We're live and downloaded. Tell your friends and enjoy the rest of the show. Ben Jarofsky Show is brought to you by the Chicago Sun-Times. For the latest in Chicago and Illinois news, sports, weather, and the latest in national news from a real Chicago frame of mind and real Chicago writers, check out the Chicago Sun-Times. Read the daily paper or online at chicago.suntimes.com. And hey, if you have a little extra cash, subscribe. And by the Chicago Reader. For a deeper dive in the daily Chicago news and for all of what's going on in this city, you gotta read The Reader. Music, arts and culture, film, extensive event calendars, concert listings, and more, including weekly political columns from writers like Maya Dukmasova and, yes, our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader is free in newsstands and at chicagoreader.com. That's chicagoreader.com. Hey, how's it going, everybody? The Ben Jarofsky Show, hour number two for your Friday, March 8th is moments away. But before we get started, we would love to remind everybody that this show is powered by 
unions. Yes, these hardworking men and women were kind enough to get behind us in this new venture here. So we would like to take the time and thank the following unions for making this show possible. First up, the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers. And no, not Aerosmith workers, not aerospace workers, Local 126 and District 8. What is an Aerosmith worker? I guess it's like a roadie. All right. The International Association of Machinists and Aerosmith. Oh, I've said them already. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers local nine and we'd like to thank the international union of operating engineers local 150 all of those unions thanks and also a huge shout out to our good friends at the chicago federation of labor hour number two of your ben jarofsky show begins now Yes, thank goodness it is Friday, March 8th, and live from the Chicago Reader Suntime Studios, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. In our final hour of the program, we welcome Stacey Davis Gates around here. We call her Governor Gates. And now your host. Yeah, around here we just call him Ben. <laughs> Chicago Reader columnist, Benny J. Ben Jarofsky. Yes, indeed. Stacey Davis Gates is making her first visit to our beautiful uh, new studio here at the Chicago Sun-Times building. we got her going to bring her on. I'll, when she comes on, I'll explain why we call her governor. People listening to us for the first time didn't listen to the old show, so we'll do all that. But you got an update for me, D? Absolutely, I do. We're about to go to you. And yes, I'm talking to you, the Ben Jarofsky Show listener. It is time to check these social media pages that we have. Ben, it looks like we just reached 600 likes on the Ben Jarofsky Show Facebook oh, page. Consider we were at zero. Remember the old one got oh, blown yeah. up? Oh, yeah. It's a grassroots <laughs> campaign. We're coming for you, 700. <laughs> Blew up our old Facebook page, Stacey. All right. <laughs> Quite a few of you have reached out and liked the page in the last 24 hours. So, Ben, what do you say? We give a shout out and say hey to those who just like the page. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. I think so, too. Hey, Jason! <laughs> How's it going today, Jason? Hope you have a good weekend. Thanks for liking the page. You're awesome, man. Shout out to Chris. Hey, Chris, how's it going, dude? Thanks for the like. We really appreciate it. All right. Now, not only do we have to give Skip a shout out, we also have to send listener Skip on uh, Facebook an invitation, Ben. Oh. I don't know if you remember this, but now anytime we see a friend with a profile picture of them with a musical instrument, we invite them to the Ben Jarofsky Show Band. Oh, remember this? Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah. That's right. That's right. The Ben Jarofsky Show yeah. Band. We're getting the band back together, all right? And right yeah. now we have one member. <laughs> okay. It's Skip. You gotta, okay, Skip. Skip's the member. He what plays he play? acoustic guitar. Oh, well, according okay. to his Facebook, yeah. uh, Facebook profile picture, he plays acoustic okay. guitar. All right. So, uh, it, by the way, if you play an instrument, give the Ben Jarofsky Show a like. Ben, spell that last name for him. J-O-R-A-V as in victory, as my beloved Bulls will do tonight. S-K-Y. J- O-R-A, V is in victory, S-K-Y. Find us on Facebook. Give us a like. Tell us what instrument you play. And guess what? Just like that, you're in the band. All right? And before we move on here, Skip, my friend, welcome to the band. We got a gig coming up next Sunday. Hope you can make it. And yeah, we actually don't, but <laughs> we don't play music. We don't. I don't know what it is, but it's fun. All right? Skip, this is for you, my man. Whoa. Listen to that acoustic guitar go. Is that <laughs> Skip? Is that you? Oh my goodness! Uh, You're skip. on fire, Skip. Uh, skip can play. Whoa! All right, oh. guys. 
Wait, that's, uh, I know oh, where I that's going. Recognize <laughs> it. All right, we're about to get busted for copyright. I got to <laughs> yeah, hurry up. Get rid of that. That's gone. All Here right. come the lawyers. If you play an instrument, head over to the Ben Jarofsky Show Facebook page. Give us a like. Tell us what instrument you play, and you are in the band. Skip wailing on the guitar. <laughs> Yeah, thank you very much, Skip. Good job. I think that, uh, what song was that? That was the Hotel, Hotel California. California. Yeah, yeah, that's what that was. Uh, anyway, Stacey Davis Gates is her name. We call her the governor because way back when, I think it was the summer of 2018. No, no, it was about um, probably January of 2007. Again, my time is all mixed up, uh, Stacey Davis Gates. I was on this crusade about why women are not running for office. Remember this one, Stacy? I do. And uh, so there were, I forget how many uh, candidates for governor in the Democratic primary. And I, for whatever it was, I've lost track. I re- can't remember. There were five, six, whatever there were. All men. Yep. And so I had this list. I go, why isn't... Susanna Mendoza running. Why isn't Carol Ammons running? Why isn't Kelly Cassidy running? Why isn't my girl down in the 10th Ward, Alderwoman Sue Garza? I know you're listening, Sue. Why isn't she running? Why isn't Stacey Davis Gates running? We just turned it into Governor Gates. Uh, do you have any better answers for that, by the way, to this question? Why aren't... And that way, we time out. Here we are. Here we are. Two women yeah, running so for mayor. So I guess that's probably... That, you organized it. Yeah, it was all me. You organized it. Uh, yeah. What do you think about that? Just before we get well, first, started. I want to just say how happy I am to be back with Ben and Dennis. <laughs> My week is complete. Yeah. You know, seriously, I've missed this interaction. Um, it was definitely a highlight of my month and so dope to be back. Wait, do you play an instrument? Um, poorly. Oh, okay. Hey, we'll take it. We'll take, <laughs> we'll you're take in the band. Right now, you're... Uh, <laughs> And yeah, you were a regular on our show back at the old show, which we won't talk about. Uh, came like to an abrupt goes. end. <laughs> we just move on, Stacy, yeah. uh, and uh, welcomed you back uh, to the new show. Really uh, great, entertaining, enlightening conversations we'd always have about the issues of the day. You would drive in, and you would be just filled with passion from the drive. Uh, and uh, so and I know you're another word, but we'll <laughs> okay. Well, we'll use that one. Uh, but let's just start with that opening question that just popped into my mind. Uh, when you first were coming on the show, we were talking about the uh, the fact that no women were running for the most important office in the state of Illinois, governor. Mm-hmm. And now um, we have a situation where there are, uh, the next mayor will be a woman, will be a black woman, uh, because the two women that emerged, it was the two candidates that emerged from the first round. Are women so what's your thought is that progress absolutely it is you know i remarked on election night that back in 2013 um the black women who were in the news with Rahm emanuel were begging for their schools not to be closed were begging for resources from their schools was karen lewis calling truth to power at that time and so to fast forward to 2019 and experience this renaissance of sorts is pretty dope um It's a testament, quite frankly, to the work of the grassroots that's been done in these intervening um, years to push forth a message that looks quite different from the neoliberalism of um, Rahm Emanuel for the cuts, closures, efficiency um, message, um, that you can actually see something a little different um, and hear a little different. Um, Tony Parkwinkle is running as a teacher who understands, you know, what public educators need, what we need in our school communities. Um, You hear conversations about rent control, because I don't care um, how we 
do this if black people don't live in the city of Chicago, if black people can't afford to live in the city of Chicago, the city of Chicago ceases to be what it is right now. Working people have a very um, difficult time existing in this space as it is currently configured because it does not respect the public sector. It does not respect the need for people to have gainful employment. So the overall discourse is already a win for the work CTU has done with, you know, our ally groups over time. And we are very pleased about the conversation as we are about Byron Sigcho in the 25th war. Mm. We're in the 25th war, are we? Uh, where we are right now? No, this no. is probably, well, there's so many zigs and zags. Well, if that, I had to put money in Vegas, I'd say we're in the 42nd war, but you know what? I do not know yeah. because yeah. of the zigs. I like how you're looking at me. Like, dude, I have no clue. <laughs> well, but uh, it could be the, the second ward. I mean, it, there, there, there's so much gerrymandering yeah, that's going for on. for sure. So you get Byron, you get Jeanette Taylor, a diet hunger, hunger striker, Ro- Rosanna, you get Rafa Yanez, you got Maria, who already won up in the 49th ward. Um, you're going to have a different um, configuration of a city council, um, and that's going to be a good thing. The city deserves an ongoing debate, like yesterday with Lincoln Yards, and how, you know, the tweets coming out about Kappelman saying that he didn't want to be here all night. Like, word? What, where else do you have to be? Because this is your job, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's just You ridiculous. know, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's a ridiculous concept that the people who take umbrage with this plan, which is, by the way, a huge giveaway to developers mm-hmm. that will take money away from the public sector, including our public schools, in a place that is not blighted, by the way, that you're pissed off that people are pissed off. Mm-hmm. Th- that is absolutely ridiculous and he doesn't know how antiquated his thought process on this is too yeah by the way uh before i let we leave that uh, topic we were uh, on the air live and uh yesterday scott wagaspak came in and he had just come back alderman scott wagaspak had just returned uh from had come here from that zoning committee mm-hmm. hearing which was t- chaired by alderman kappelman that you were alluding to from the 46th ward uh and he pointed out that when the meeting began kappelman said I didn't know this. He mm-hmm. just said this, broke the news to me here. He goes, Kappelman said that uh, I want to defer this matter to another meeting. A couple of aldermen, uh, Burnett, maybe in the 27th ward for all I know, now that I think about it. Well, uh, but anyway, Alderman Burnett uh, got up and uh, said, you can't do that. <laughs> like, what? You, he's the chairman. Uh, he said he's not really the chairman. Yeah, you're the You're act- kind of just the vice chairman who's acting act- like he's the chairman. So I had many thoughts when I heard that. My first thought was it was scripted. I did not. I, I just had the feeling that Kappelman was trying to protect himself. Uh, you in had the, in the, the feeling. <laughs> you had the feeling. I guess you shared so that. So did everyone in Chicago. Yeah. Unbelievable how this goes down. My argument has been from the get-go. Well, first of all, I don't like the plan. All right. I'll tell you that. And you know that, uh, Stacy. Zero taxpayers in Chicago should like the plan. To be perfectly honest with you, we are subsidizing a wealthy developer in a wealthy part of town that doesn't need a TIF. That's just the bottom line. Um, Happy about it is not the statement we should make. We should be outraged about it. To hear Kerry Austin even say, I'm not going to refuse this development because I wish we could have one in my ward. I'm like, yo, yeah, because blight. That's exactly why you should be pushing back and saying no to this development because it isn't in your ward. And the TIF pro, the TIF statute 
was created to assist your ward in developing itself um, in the same way that Lincoln Park is already developed. So give me a break yeah. on this. No, it's it's wrong. It is it is very very wrong. I appreciate the momentum of moving um, forth an agenda that looks different from the one that we've had for so long. And it's still going to take time to think about this work that is absolutely frustrating for a lot of people that I work with um, in the union and in the community organizations is that it's so incremental. Right. It just seems like, you know, um, it takes so much for us to get so little and we still got to do it because look at the Chicago right now. Rosanna Rodriguez comes in first place in the runoff in the 33rd Ward. Um, who is running as a Democrat socialist, running as that. That is significant. You got a black woman in a 49th war. You got a black man in a 47th war. Think about the change that we are making. Yes, it's not enough, and it is change. I tell our members all the time, um, it's not what we want it to be, but it also isn't what it used to be either. Uh, and just going back to that Lincoln Yards thing, you're absolutely I completely agree with you that uh, a program intended to eradicate blight in low-income neighbors neighborhoods should be spent in those neighborhoods but at the very least uh, uh, the next mayor should not have to uh, sign on have to deal with a program that he well in this case is she uh, she did not approve so in other words it's similar to what happened in Wisconsin when the Republicans wanted to saddle Tony early the incoming uh, Democratic governor with all these new rules and regulations and these laws, et cetera, uh, Stacey. Uh, those weren't his rules and laws. He's the elected governor of the people of Wisconsin. He should get to run the, the state the way the, he has his mandate. Do you follow what I'm saying? And so they're just shackling a, a well, I Tony Pregwick or Lori Lightfoot. I, I told everyone that Ron was going to poke us in the eye a couple of more times before he left town. And this is one of the ultimate pokes. Think about the the tremendous pushback on TIV. Think of, you had to, when we settled our contract in 2016, he had to access TIF money. And it wasn't a question of whether or not he should. It, the question was how much he's going to use to settle the contract. Mm -hmm. So we had already won the argument. Think about people like you have been beating the drum on TIFF even before Karen Lewis, you know, popularized it in a way that made it like a, a battle cry, if you will. You know, so this is him poking us in our eye. Like, I am the mayor and this is what I can do while I also write bad essays for the <laughs> We'll get into the essay. Did he write the uh, essay, uh, Stacey Davis Gates? Well, I'll put her on the record on that one. We'll have more with Stacey Davis Gates when we return. The Ben Jarofsky Show is brought to you by the Chicago Sun-Times. For the latest in Chicago and Illinois news, sports, weather, and the latest in national news from a real Chicago frame of mind and real Chicago writers, check out the Chicago Sun-Times. Read the daily paper or online at chicago.suntimes.com. And hey, if you have a little extra cash, subscribe. And by the Chicago Reader. For a deeper dive in the daily Chicago news and for all of what's going on in this city, you gotta read the Reader. Music, arts and culture, film, extensive event calendars, concert listings, and more, including weekly political columns from writers like Maya Dukmasova and, yes, our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader is free in newsstands and at chicagoreader.com. That's chicagoreader.com. 
If you would like to advertise with The Ben Jarofsky Show, and who wouldn't, contact Tracy Bame at publisher at chicagoreadercorp.com. We have several advertising options for your business or organization. And quite frankly, we would love nothing more than to tell our listeners all about it. Once again, that's Tracy Bame at publisher at chicagoreadercorp.com to advertise with The Ben Jarofsky Show, The Chicago Reader, and The Chicago Sun-Times. We look forward to plugging you. Okay, well, that came out kind of weird. More of The Ben Jarofsky Show live and downloaded in moments. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Yes, indeed, we are live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Ben Jarofsky here with me in the studio, Stacey Davis-Gates from the Chicago Teachers Union. We're talking mayoral politics right now. Stacey, uh, the Chicago Teachers Union has decided to endorse uh, Tony Preckwinkle in this race. You endorsed her the first round, am I correct? I'm right? That, yes. yes. Okay. Uh, so let's just start with this question. Why Tony Preckwinkle? Um, Tony's a teacher. Um, and she has identified and agreed with our platform, an elected school board, um, the ability to get our full bargaining rights restored, um, the ability to resource schools um, where our teachers have libraries, counselors, social workers, nurses, um, the things that schools need in order to work. We've been under the austerity policy um, of Daly and Rom for far too long, and it is marginal. You have... 41 kindergartners in a classroom over at Wentworth Elementary School. Down in the 10th Ward, you have um, facilities that need repairing and also have over 40 kids stuffed into a classroom. These are failures of Rahm Emanuel, failures of mayoral control, quite frankly. And to be perfectly honest with you, when you get a candidate that says, yes, I want to be your partner, Yes, I want to work with you. Yes, I want to figure it out with you. Those are things that are music to your ears after all of Forrest Claypool, Barbara Bird Bennett. And I could keep going, but you, you, we have limited time. And if I get to naming them, you know, we'll be off the air. What was the first, J, what was his nickname? Jean-Claude. Oh, yeah, JC. And, no, no, his name is Jean-Claude. No, but Ron would Ron call said, him JC. I'm yeah. call you JC. Yeah. You know how disrespectful, but. And then B3. He gave nicknames to all his. Uh... Grown black people. <laughs> nicknames. Uh, did he give Forrest Claypool a nickname? Um, fraud. <laughs> no, uh, no I, I had a bunch of jokes that popped in my mind, but uh, I restrained myself For on the sure. jokes. All right, now, um, when a union makes an endorsement like this uh, in, a, in the midst of a contentious re- race, it could uh, rebound against them. There's a lot of unions' uh, strategies to say, you know what, I'm staying out of this. We're under mayoral control. 
like the mayor is our boss, quite frankly. And uh, and to be even more specific about it, the mayor has stood in the way of legislation in Springfield that will restore all of our bargaining rights, that will provide us an elected school board, that will reform the TIF program and stop hurting the public sector and our schools. He has stood in the way of that. Even when we're able to get stuff out of one chamber, he goes and stands in front of the other chamber. And you know this better than I do, Ben. The mayor of Chicago gets a decent to great amount of deference in um, Springfield. And our teachers, our students, our school communities need some legislative relief because in 1995, Mayor Daley went to Springfield and got complete and sole control of our schools. Now we've done a lot in Springfield. We've put, we've helped to push for um, a new funding formula that looks a lot like the school Chicago children deserve. We've also been on the front lines pushing for more revenue and, and basically calling truth to power when Bruce Rahner was down there tinkering with our state in the way that made it um, detrimental for everyone that lives in this state. And one of the things I was going to say is that uh, when uh, when the teachers union endorsed Tony Preckwinkle, immediately questions posed to Tony Preckwinkle, and you probably heard him. I think they may it have been last, night, last night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you say no. Why would you want to say to the no Chicago to teachers? Union. First off, why would you want to say no to smaller class sizes? Start there. Why would you want to say no to the experts being able to help direct the education of children in this city? Why would you say no to librarians and social workers and nurses and other clinicians in our schools? It's it's really a, a question that comes from um, cranes and, and and people who do not want to share or people who do not want to pay their fair share. Here's the point. The CTU has been very clear about the need for revenue to resource our schools. And when people ask us how, we say rich people. So this question comes from a space where rich people want to continue to hoard what they have at the expense of the public sector because they too use the public sector. Sterling Bay, right? Mm -hmm. This, this, This development is going to benefit from taxpayer money that would otherwise be used to resource the public sector. So of course they would want to say, Tony, I need you to say no to school communities and the voices of the teachers that are unified under the union because we wanted to build a blighted development in Lincoln Park. Stacy Davis Gates is my guest and uh, she from the Chicago Teachers Union, as you can tell, and we're talking about the whole concept uh, about a union endorsing a mayoral candidate and then turning it around and can you say no? Uh, the point I always make, Stacey, I never see them say, can you say no to the Sterling Bays of the world? Or uh, or, or the <laughs> the gentleman that gave um, Lori $100,000 yesterday, Canning, who says he's a fan of ROM, that he likes vouchers, and he gave money to Daly in the first round. The question should have been, why are you taking money from a person who believes in the privatization of education and the neoliberal austerity bent of Rahm Emanuel? That's the question that should have been posed last night. Not can you say no to things that help children? Because that's what we do. I am never, ever going to be in a position in Chicago for as long as I believe in the public sector of where we take a pass on what's rightfully ours. Be clear, the teachers in Chicago live in this city, and if we're not in this city, the city does not thrive. Mm-hmm. We deserve everything that we get because we do the work of this city. We take in everyone's child. It doesn't matter what they where they come from, 
what they don't come with and how they come every day. They come into our classrooms and they, there is an expectation that we provide them with a top service, even when there are no librarians there, even when the books are not up to date, even when the facilities are falling apart. We are there is still an expectation that we get the job done. So we will make um, a determination on who we believe should run this and we will fight for it because we're right. All right. Now, uh, she took the money, uh, Lord, like she should give it back. All right. Now, wait, did you think Amarena should get back the money to Kanye West that he donated to her so she could pay off, uh, uh her, uh, campaign obligations from I ain't the last talking about Amara. I'm talking about where we are now. You know, God bless Amara and Kanye. I pray for him every night. <laughs> You know, to get rid of the hat. Well, to no, get but rid the of question, the, hat the, the, and the, the ideology behind the hat. But let me just be clear: we're not talking about Amara. We are talking about an argument that the Chicago Teachers Union and many of our allies out there have already won. We don't need vouchers in the state of Illinois because they take from the public school. We don't need a privatized option in public education because it has not worked in the way that they said it would work. That argument has been waged, that war has been fought, and we have come out the victors in that. So to have a, a, um, a contributor to your campaign at this late date who is going to try and weigh in again should give everyone pause. Everyone paused. But isn't it possible that she could just take the money? I mean, you're in a campaign. Yeah, but she when needs Tony every takes our can... money, there's all these questions about can you tell them no? Yeah, and that... when Tony takes our money, she's in the pocket of labor. So look, no, nah, if the contrast is good enough for working families that hold this city down day in and day out, the contrast is also good for Buddy that works on LaSalle Street and want to take the public sector away and give it to people like Sterling Bay. Well, fair enough. I, and to which I would say. Lori Lightfoot could say, yeah, I'll take the man's money, but I don't have to do anything he says. Prove it. Uh, and, and, and quite frankly, she can't because there's no track record there. Be clear. You got a county hospital and a county health system that has stood the test of time in the face of Donald Trump, who went full out war with the rest of the crazy Republicans in Washington on what they deemed as Obamacare or socialism. She's kept it afloat. And then you had to creep down in Springfield for a few years doing the same exact thing here. So that's proven. People get to go see a doctor. There are more people covered now in the county who can go see a doctor All right, now because let, of Tony. Let me ask you this. There's endorsing uh, a candidate, in this case, Tony Prickwinkle, uh, because you feel strongly that she can deliver mm -hmm. important issues for your uh, union, important issues for the city, important things for the city, uh, et cetera. Uh, and then there's um, endorsing a candidate because you think the opponent is horrendous, all right? So in 2015, the Chicago Teachers Union endorsed uh, Jesus Chuy Garcia over Rahm Emanuel. In my humble opinion, uh, it was more of the latter, where it was uh, a reaction against Rahm Emanuel uh, as opposed to full confidence. But you left out Jesus. the part where Karen was supposed to run. Well, okay, all right, we're not doing the whole history of the 2000s. Well, 2000. I'm just saying, it, it, I mean, there are extenuating contextual issues you leaving out. No, what I'm what I'm saying is that uh, is this a, a parallel situation where you have as fierce an opposition to Lori Lightfoot. Uh, in 2019, as you did to Mayor Rahm in 2015. 
we have a fierce support of Tony Preckwick right, on her ability to get the job done. And I point to the county hospital and I also point to the county jail, a place that warehouses black people, black men, poor people. And that she has depopulated a jail that was used to warehouse people of color and poor people. So those are things that she has done that are absolutely aligned with the racial, the social, the economic, the educational justice that our union espouses. All right. But that's an important distinction that you just made. And that is there's a difference uh, because in the case of Tony Preckwinkle and Lori Lightfoot, you really have strong confidence in Tony Preckwinkle. I'm just picking up on what you said based on her track record, but you do not have the animosity toward Lori Lightfoot uh, that you there had. There are some people who have animosity. All of those um, hundreds of black kids, excuse me, young people who were down at the police board protesting for what they felt like was unjust, unfair, murderous treatment. Mm-hmm. They have animosity. I've heard them express what that about animosity. You? Look, I ride with them. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I am always a high school history teacher that made a choice to teach in the Chicago public schools because I wanted to teach children who the world would otherwise throw out and warehouse in a county jail. And so when those same children become young people and, and, form, a, and form a very clear viewpoint of injustice and how they need to fight for justice, I ride with them. When you hear Stacey Stacey Davis Gates, when you heard last night's debate uh, where uh, Lori Lightfoot responded uh, to Tony Preckwinkle's campaign's uh, assaults on her character by saying, I am a a successful black woman. You should be praising me. What's your thoughts? Um, Then I'm going to tell you what Henry and Greta used to tell me. You don't get a pat on the back for graduating from high school or college you were supposed to. Look, I get, you know, our world, the obstacles, the lack of opportunity, the marginalized um, um, offerings that black people are offered in this city, state, nation, society. Um, And I'm going to tell you, like my mother told me, you're supposed to. Mm. You don't get a cookie for doing what you're supposed (laughs) to do. Stacey Davis Gates is uh, in studio with me. She's my guest. What was the other quote that you gave? What? You, you last night we were on the phone uh, having one of our conversations that we do and you quoted your grandmother, I think it was. Oh, yeah. We were talking about the electorate in Chicago. Um, look, we know what we're going to get with Tony. Yeah. Like Tony is a proven quantity. So my granny used to say, I know what I have. I don't know. I know what I got. I don't know what I'm going to get. Right. That's what she used to say. And, you know, it strikes me that this is one of those particular times in our electoral space is that you look at the county hospital, you look at the county jail. Remember what the discussion was when Tony was running for county board president? Um, and, and quite frankly, the, the pushback against the bloat of the county, mm-hmm. the lack of accountability yeah. at the county, and the need for a strong, forthright administrator. So she won. And she kind of did it, right? Like you have a county government that's fully operational, that is transparent, where the county jail ain't just holding us in. Mm-hmm where you can actually have a baby as an immigrant, as an immigrant, as a single mother, you have that ability to do. But Stacey, don't you sort of hold against Tony a little bit that she ducked 
the 2015 run against Mayor Rahm, up 58 to 30 in the I polls. I can't tell grown people what to do. <laughs> oh, I don't know what was going on in Tony's life in 2015. Oh, and, and like keeping it 100, I don't know what was going on in 20. Yeah. I'm more pissed off that Karen Lewis ain't the mayor of Chicago. Well, that's something you and I agree 100%. Now, that's where I have some, you know, some residual. Yeah. But I don't know what was happening in Tony's life in 2015. I don't know if she had like hit every objective at the county. Or uh, what about this this one? She didn't jump in the race until after uh, uh, Rahm uh, stepped out or announced he wasn't going to run again. Don't Man, you hold that a little bit of off. People need to get off of that. Like, to be perfectly honest with you, they... I do not think that that is a reasonable, like, focal point. It, it's only one Chicago Teachers Union, and it was only one Karen Lewis. And, and that lightning doesn't strike like that for everyone. You can't hold people accountable in that same way. And real talk, Lori knew what that felt like because when nobody put money into her campaign coffers, because Buddy was calling around, choking off all the resources. We continue to act like there's something magical about this political space and how deadly and sharp it can be for people who wish to wade into it, right? Lori is still loaning herself money. It's not easy to do. So don't get mad at a person for making a calculation. You just can't. I, I just think it's an unreasonable critique. All right, that's Stacey Davis-Gates. I'm Ben Jarofsky. We don't see the eye on that one, but we'll be right back <laughs> after this. <laughs> Hey there, producer Dennis here. Thanks for finding and listening to the brand new Ben Jarofsky Show. All right, so here's how this works. The Ben Jarofsky Show live streams on the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel Tuesday through Friday, 1 until 3 p.m. Once the show is over, you can listen to the replay on our YouTube channel or we throw it online for you to download by 4 p.m. Where can you download the Ben Jarofsky Show, you may be asking yourself? Well, you may be asking yourself a fantastic question. You can find previous Ben Jarofsky shows and guest interviews through several outlets. The Chicago Sun-Times Online, chicago.suntimes.com. The Chicago Reader Online, chicagoreader.com. And wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, pick one. Just search for The Ben Jarofsky Show. J-O-R-A. V is in victory, S-K-Y. So, let's recap. Tuesday through Friday, 1 until 3 p.m., live streamed on the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel and downloadable by 4 at chicago.suntimes.com, chicagoreader.com, and wherever else you listen to your favorite podcast. Yes, the Ben Jarofsky Show is back. We're live and downloaded. Tell your friends and enjoy the rest of the show. And commercial breaks over. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show. All right, Ben Jarofsky or Stacey Davis Gates at the studio. We don't see eye to eye in that one. I wish Tony Perk would go run in 2015. I thought she ducked it there, uh, Stacey Davis Gates, and I wish she had run. Uh, this year, when Ron was in the race, I respect the original gangsters, the uh, candidates who stepped up and took the hard charge, as they say in basketball. Stacey Davis Gates is a huge basketball fan, so she knows what the hard charge is. And they uh, took that hard charge against Ron, and they helped force Ron out of the race. Got a little shout-out to Troy LaRavier, who was on the show earlier this week. was one of the first persons to announce who's running uh, for mayor. So I do think there's some merit 
And it's your show, so you can think. <laughs> Stacy Davis Gates is going to still come back to the show, even if there's some points we disagree on. Right. I uh, love your show. All right, now let's get some uh, some clips and get Stacy's reaction to some clips from last night's debate. D. We missed you, Stacy Davis. <laughs> I'm just saying that right now. And I missed John. Man, it's awesome. All right, okay, so I got clips here. Uh, we got some uh, serious issues, and then we'll uh, do a soft landing at the end. How about All that? Right. And we'll do some uh, fun. We'll, we'll find out what uh, Tony's favorite song is to dance to. <laughs> to dance but to. first, all right, we got serious business to take care of here. Uh, here is uh, the question, uh, Carol Marine, right? Carol, Carol Marine. Marine okay. yep. Carol Marine asked Tony Preckwinkle about her relationship with Alderman Ed Burke. Oh, there we go. All right. Ms. Preckwinkle, there have been a lot of your associations with Alderman Ed Burke and former assessor Joe Berrios discussed. You hired Alderman Burke's son at the county. Whether it was Shackman exempt or not, isn't that really the definition of patronage? No, look, he was a county employee for 20 years. His resume was sent to the Department of Homeland Security and they hired him. But you know, as I go around the community, as I go around the city, what people are really concerned about is their own neighborhood. In some communities, it's about gentrification. It's about concern that they've lived in a community for generations and they're being priced out. In other communities, it's, it's their concern that there's no investment in their neighborhood. They don't see anything happening in terms of housing construction or in terms of business development. So, you know, I think really the concerns that people have on their mind are the quality of their neighborhood public schools their particular neighborhood, whether it's gentrification concerns or investment concerns, and public safety. You know, when I was alderman, there were two questions that people asked me when they came into my office and said, I want to move into this ward. One is, are the streets safe? And the other is, are the schools good? Those are the concerns that people have. That is uh, Tony Perkwinkle. That's a classic pivot, uh, whereas a very specific question is asked of the candidate, and, and Tony is really good at this, Stacey. Oh my God, is she good at this? And she has something she wants to say. So she's going to duck that Ed Burke question and talk about very important issues. I'm not denying that, but that's not what she was asked about. She was asked about Ed Burke. Do you agree with me, at least on that point, that that was a successful She did pivot? her job. <laughs> okay. She did her job. And can I, can I say this? Go. If the people in the 14th Ward ain't mad at Ed Burke, he was reelected. I, I, Look, I'm having a difficulty with this one. Mm-hmm. You got Ed Burke, white man, who's been in their uh, city council since 1968. Nine, whatever. Yeah, point well taken. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so he's been there forever. Yeah. And no, but for real, yeah. if he can win re-election, re-election, mm-hmm. he's not being held accountable for what he did but she's being held accountable for being adjacent to the political structure in, in Cook County. He's not being held accountable by the voters, is what you're saying, yeah. Well, that's I mean, he is who indicted. politicians are typically held accountable. Well, Manafort just got, what, four years? Mm, the not criminal even that. justice system doesn't hold yeah. white men of his ilk accountable at all. So, you know, I digress. Yeah, you nah, know, it wasn't even four years, but anyway, your but, points will take in. But you get my point, mm-hmm. is that the critique is unfair at best and unreasonable at worst. To be perfectly honest with you, is if you have a person who is adjacent to that situation being whipped with that situation in a way that the person who is indicted 
got reelected? Come on, give me another issue, a real one that mm-hmm. she's in charge of. In other words, the fact that she has a past uh, ally of a man who was Who said indicted. that he was even an ally? Look, Ed Burke gives money to everyone. Ally or non-ally, people they vote with, put people he doesn't vote with. Everyone is on that contributions list. Well, so was, I mean, every, they had actually so had a fundraiser ha- for her. It was beyond just giving money to Well, her. again, but that is the quintessential part of giving money to. And if you've been in char- in Chicago since 1969 and you're doing it, you're trying to just curry favor. It's just what it is, to be perfectly honest with you. So here's the thing. Ask Lori, ask Tony about campaign finance reform, public financing for campaigns, so we don't even have to continue to deal with this this business of contributions. That's what I want to talk about. Don't just keep beating people over the head with what is baked into the political system here in Chicago and Cook County. Talk about how do you transform the situation where you don't even have to be held hostage like people by people like him because he is a prolific fundraiser. That's fair enough. But the same point, it's this, it's the same general point that could be, it's being made against Lori Lightfoot, but in a different way. So in other words, with Lori Lightfoot, take a look at the fact that she's yep. uh, taking money uh, from well-to-do right-wingers That's right. who want to uh, That's right. uh, bring in vouchers and uh, really hurt be. public education. Touché. So. And then on the uh, other hand, uh, Lori is going to criticize Tony because she took money from Edward. Because it shouldn't work the way that is working is the bottom line. Like the way in which campaigns are financed in our country are inherently unfair and give the advantage to white men with money. It doesn't give it to women. It doesn't give it to people of color. And it doesn't give it to working people. Mm -hmm. It is baked in that if you have money and you are of the power elite that you get to win. I get your Point. So if 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 it's okay for Tony to say, you know what, I just had to take the money because I need the money to run a campaign. I don't let him control me. He's not my business. Then you could say the same thing about Lori Lightfoot. I'll take the man's money. I'll take what's his name Canning's money. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let him influence me. I don't believe. But in she the took same. it, and if she's going to keep beating Tony over the head about Burke, we going to beat her over the head about <laughs> Canning. That's the game. Fair enough. I, that is the game. I, I, I don't appreciate the game, and it is the game. I don't. I don't appreciate it. Public financing. Look, we out here, you know, waving the flag, knocking the doors, pushing in Springfield for an elected representative school board. Be clear. These same creeps from the Walton Foundation are going to put a lot of money into stand on children and inks to get their creeps on the school board to do what they have been doing for the past 20 years. And they're going to spend a lot of money doing it. And then working people who are from check to check are going to have to compete in the same way to get their voices hurt that's not fair either it is part of the game you're absolutely correct by the way uh you, you mentioned the stanford children, the, on children. Oh, okay, i knew you were gonna say on, on children. children different uh, preposition which, is that a preposition on is a preposition uh, I, where's karen lewis when I we need her she would know exactly yeah. and she would She's correct the two of us critiquing me right now I know. She's listening. uh but uh they just came out with this poll uh, which I'm I, not I, talking I about that. nothing from those people. What was that all about, they, in your humble opinion? Re, nothing. Nothing. Was that just their attempt to uh, really Go stick it at away. the Chicago Teachers Union? Go away, stand on children. Go away, because they did not come to town for the benefit of black 
kids in this city, for the benefit of black educators of this city. They came here to stand on our necks and to refuse us democracy, to refuse us um, school communities that have people who look like the kids in front of them at the chalkboard. Nope, they don't get to say anything. Uh, Bye. Stacey Davis-Gates, we're talking about Stanford Children's Poll, uh, which out of nowhere, uh, they all of a sudden produced a poll that showed that uh, Lori Lightfoot was winning. I was like, oh, this is their way of sticking it to the Chicago Teachers Union. Well, that's what they did from day one. Remember, uh, the Edelman um, character Mm -hmm. and that Aspen Institute video that they taped, you know, all extra smug about an evaluation system where the impact has been on black educators, on men, and on educators who make a choice to teach in environments that are understaffed, that that are under-resourced, and where the communities have people who don't have jobs, where the parents are um, um, battling for just the basic necessities every day. And that creep came here and put into play a system that is going to continually disenfranchise and negatively impact the same people go away. That tape uh, that Stacey was alluding to is one that he probably wishes he could take back. I, I remember that Karen well, was in charge of Well, take back all of your bad policy that you bought in Illinois. And he bragged about how he got the Democrats. He uh, forced Democrats mm-hmm. uh, to sign onto the legislation yeah. that was pretty much pro, like Republican style re- legislation See that really uh, that really hurt the uh, uh, well, it hurt teachers unions throughout it the state. It is still impacting us, Ben. That's not something that happened. It is happening. This is something that is still happening. Do you know how many veteran teachers who have served the Chicago public school system with integrity and skillfulness that come to the CTU every single year because they got an evaluation that does not make sense to them? And that was a, a byproduct of the law that passed. I was about 2011, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, and that's what he bragged about it. All right, D, let's get another clip and get Stacy going on it. Absolutely. Here are the candidates on pensions. I think it begins with Lori Lightfoot. Oh, wait, hold on a second here. May help if I take the mute off. Huh? Oh, All right, yeah. I can tell you. And these computers, they're fun, huh? All right, here we go. Pensions, both the candidates. 80% is what's considered healthy. In just two or three years, the city will need an extra billion dollars to fund pensions. Should pension benefits be cut for new city employees? No, I don't, I don't think we should start the conversation about pensions and new money. We're talking about cuts for new but, employees. But, 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 follow, but just follow me for a second. Then should the state amend the Constitution no, to reduce pensions for current workers? Absolutely not, Ms. under Ms. any Ms. circumstances. No. We not, have to be, not we have cut to, new ones and not we have, to, we have to meet our obligations to our existing work, workforce and to our pensioners, and we can't do that. So Mayor Emanuel wants to borrow 10 billion dollars mm-hmm. to fund pensions. Mm-hmm. Some see it as a good investment. The bond houses don't like it. Do you support it, Ms. Lightfoot, or oppose it? And same for Ms. Preckwinkle. Listen, the, the pension obligation bond that was initially floated in the summer, then went away after Rahm, announced, Rahm Emanuel announced that he wasn't going to run, has kind of resurfaced. The problem is, we don't know any of the details. We don't know what the funding stream is going to be. We don't know what the um, interest rate is going to be. And frankly, Pension obligation funds in this state and other cities like Detroit and Stockton have met with disastrous results. We have to find new sources of revenue, but again, like everything, we've got to be transparent, we've got to put the cards on the table, and really understand the nuances of the deal, because the devil's going to be in the details, and no one, including the city council, has gotten a full briefing on what that proposal is. Ms. Preckwinkle, for the $10 billion 
Bond? No, I think this is a very difficult time in the economic cycle to be going into the market um, in in this way, and I'm I'm concerned that um, that the outcome would be um, unfavorable to us. All right, uh, that was the discussion on the pension issue. Uh, uh, Stacey, you at least have to be encouraged that both candidates for mayor, whoever will be the next mayor of city of Chicago, is not signing on to the plan that uh, Bill Daly wanted and that Rahm all of a sudden discovered he wanted as he's walking out of office, and that is to change the Constitution to eradicate the sentence that protects the pension rights of uh, public employees. You have to be at least encouraged by that point, right? And a little discouraged, quite frankly, by the fact that that's the question. The question should have been, are you going to tax rich people to make sure that the city of Chicago is able to meet its obligations? That was the question. Our public sector has been decimated under the austerity budgets, the austere policies of Rahm Emanuel. You need to figure it out. Now, I may not agree with everything on Pritzker's plate, but he's made it very clear, very clear, that rich people are going to have to pay more because the rich man that had the seat before my rich self sat in it <laughs> didn't do the right thing. Well, that leads me to this. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to the mayor uh, debate last night, but uh, uh, J.B. Pritzker finally released uh, some of the details on his progressive uh, yep. tax policy. It's sort of been lost in the shuffle. I talked a little bit about it earlier in the and show. And I know he's glad it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a great release yesterday. Perfectly timed. Yeah, yo, JB. Yeah. He's, he he's quick on the on feet. The strategy. Uh, by the way, he's a pretty good dancer. You ever seen JB Pritzker dance? Dude, uh, I don't do the dancing uh, questions. All right, so uh, <laughs> uh, so what's your thought? Your general thoughts on the, the the JB Pritzker plan that he released yesterday? You're right in the middle of a mayoral election, so nobody's paying attention. Right. Um, no, and I think that that was crazy. <laughs> There's like umpteen stories about it um what do i think about it i don't i don't have enough of the details i know mm -hmm. that they were doing briefings yesterday and i happened to be in chicago and not in springfield so yeah. i wasn't able to participate in a briefing um so i with all certainty i cannot tell you that i know enough of the details in terms of the rate structure mm -hmm. um so i'm gonna study that of course look we've already gotten a huge win that you got anyone in power to say that this is a thing that we're going to do so yay us mm -hmm. yay us <laughs> and i'm saying yay us rich people will have to pay more the wealthy will have to pay more you saw speaker madigan's commercial after he beat the brakes off of bruce runner and other republicans he said wealthy people are gonna have to pay more so we've won that one mm -hmm. yay us <laughs> okay. um and you know yeah. we'll get to the rate structures you know um and i'm sure we'll have some push and pull on that yeah. because that's just the nature of legislative activity um, and I like that fight a lot better than the other fight. All right, fair enough. Well, you got what we got about time for one more, don't oh, we? Absolutely, and it's that uh, soft landing I was talking about. <laughs> okay. All right, so uh, oh my goodness! Shout out to Carol Marine. I this is my favorite part of all these debates, and they just ask, ask these goofy questions. So uh, all right, so they asked them questions on uh, if they've ever, ever double parked or what's your favorite song to dance to. So let's uh, let's learn about our candidates a little bit. Yeah, we know about the issues, but let's really learn about the candidates here. I tell you this Apple. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get used to this Apple laptop I here. Know, it's Apple's fault. Miss Preckwinkle. There we go. What song makes you want to get up and dance? <laughs> A change gonna come. Okay. Ms. Lightfoot, what song makes you sing out loud in the car? Uh, uh, Just One Victory by Todd Rundgren. Okay. What do you do to relax? 
Um, Not I, this. I know yeah. either one of you. I, I, Go ahead. <laughs> I'm a sports nut. So I've got like every sports act, uh, Bleacher Report, ESPN. Um, I pay uh, close attention. My White Sox are, are queuing up, so I'm excited about that. And I'm looking forward to a new Bear season as well. Ms. Preckwinkle, what do you do to relax? You know, I'm a, I'm a history teacher by profession, and I, I love reading biography, so I do that. And as a history teacher, I love antique shows and antique fairs. You know, I love old stuff. Do either of you ride a bike? I do. Oh no, I don't. I walk. No. I walk our dog. <laughs> so, Ms. Lightfoot, when you ride a bike, do you wear a helmet, obey stop signs and traffic lights? <laughs> yes, I do. Just I'm follow the law. And, Ms. Preckwinkle, since you don't do that, do you think that there still should be greater enforcement of traffic laws for bikers who don't sometimes stop at stop signs or traffic lights? Well, it's incredibly dangerous uh, to ride without a helmet, and many of our bike riders <laughs> don't pay any attention to the traffic uh. laws, which is... It, <laughs> Not only infuriating, but scary for drivers. All right, I'll pause. Uh, all right, yeah, just pause. There's <laughs> first of all, uh, <laughs> all right, Stacy. First of all, you're a sports fan. Yes, I know I that. Know. We've had many conversations. Yes. Play, play point guard, by the way. Stacy Davis-Gates oh. can dribble with both hands. Awesome. Uh, with her head up so she can see all the action on the court. You Our, would only say that about a girl, by the way. You wouldn't say that about a boy. That's not true. Uh-huh. First question I would ask yeah, yeah, anybody. Come on, just get to your question. <laughs> first question I ask anybody. They question. go, I play basketball. Can you, what, what's your, what's your head? All right with my right hand can you dribble with your left that's the first question okay. you all ask anyone all right. Right. all right so you must have been encouraged when Lori Lightfoot said dude I ain't worried about what she like in sports I want I want school communities fully resourced I don't even care that Tony likes Sam Cook. all right no wait time out there's nothing wrong in my humble opinion with liking one of the greatest singer writers uh in the history of music Going Sam too Cook. Soon. but Gone to. By the way, have you seen the Netflix special? I urge you to watch it okay, about the Sam Cooks. Uh, I don't weather. have Netflix. Don't laugh at me or boo me, but I don't have. I don't even have time to watch it. Okay, so no, but I you really should watch. Okay. But was Sam Cook assassinated? That is the issue addressed in this. Anyway, the point is. A change is going to come. It's not a song anybody would dance to. If you're Tony Preckling. <laughs> Man, y'all need to quit playing. You cannot ask Tony Preckling. She oh is God. a quintessential teacher. You don't get that. Like, that's not a question. You should have just said, like, they want to make this cute. Like, Obama used to release what's on his um, iTunes right, or whatever. Yeah. You're not getting that from this crowd. That's not. <laughs> that's, not that, that. that's not. That's not. That's not. Right. And, and in fact, I don't even care. Just tell me how I'm going to get a librarian and 41 students off of um, one teacher at Wentworth. That's what I want. All right. Know. But the, come on. When they what do you do for relaxation? Oh, well, I'm a history school teacher. They ain't going to get any time to relax. <laughs> this Chicago. Okay. So they might as well get used to the repetition of work. I'll tell you what, who would have hit a home run in that question? Karen Lewis. Yeah. Wait a bit. Cause Some obscure opera or something. Opera, tennis. Yeah. She's a huge tennis yeah. fan. And the follow-up question on once we learned that Lori Lightfoot was uh, is a Bears fan is... Should the Bears have yes. signed Colin Kaepernick? Yes. Yes. Uh, okay, yes. that's the obvious follow-up yes. question. It's, and that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Oh my God, you were reading my mind. That was the exact same. And and, and then watch Napolitano and Spazzato look at her answer that question. Okay. Or Tony Preckwinkle. 
uh, who is Colin Kaepernick? Oh, she would have known. She would have known. Like, he crosses sports lines. He's a co- cultural icon at this point. All right, at this point he is. But yeah. I'll tell you this. I was Simple asking. for, you know, the abuse that has been experienced by black men, by police throughout this society. And I'll say this one more time. It's been a year since I've gone on this campaign and crusade. The Bears, at the time that Colin Kaepernick was uh, blacklisted mm-hmm. from the NFL, had a quarterback named Mike Lennon, who was atrocious. Who? All right. Mike Glennon was Who? his name. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So the question should have been Tony Prinkwickle, yes or no. Should the Bears have kept Mike Glennon as their quarterback or should they have hired Colin Kaepernick? See, you want to <laughs> get people on the mic. All right, guys, there's 25 seconds left of this clip here. Oh, so uh, oh, we got to get some gotta more details. Okay. Go uh, back so to So let's the talk clip. about drivers. Do either of you double park or if you have a driver, allow the person who's driving you to double park, Ms. Preckwinkle? I'm afraid so. Up there with my vote. <laughs> Take that as a confession, Ms. Lightfoot. Well, um, I try not to double park. Oh. I mean, obviously, sometimes <laughs> when no you're, there's no parking, there. you're running into a store. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's happened, but I try not to because, frankly, I don't want to get a ticket. <laughs> okay. Double park. Double park. He has kind of hard on bike riders, by the way. Uh, Man, have you ri- seen those bike riders dart out in front of you? I don't see you as the dart out in front of car type. <laughs> darting no, he is not. I do not see you as. He's the, more of the, uh, hey, come on. Yeah. Let's go. We got to yeah. get somewhere. I, I don't see you as that type of guy. I'm not a, but though our argument could be made, Stacey Davis Gates, that if a bicyclist comes to an intersection and there's a red light, but there's no traffic coming, it he no, or she should no, go through no, okay no she's tough no no because seriously it, they scare me you bicyclist because i i no i'm not hitting you i don't know what you're gonna do don't be one of those couriers around here because they take a they're like cabs on the bike you know what i'm saying okay. like they take such great risk out here and i i do respect the bike lanes i even like the the signals that they have on the traffic lights now all of those things have been very good for my anxiety when driving <laughs> in chicago all right that is stacy davis gates we come to the end of the show i want to thank stacy for being on again uh well always welcome on the ben jarofsky show wherever i may be stacy davis well gates. let's just hope you land here for a while yeah i know yeah, land yeah, here yeah, for a while yeah. let's hope this is a permanent thing or at least uh for a while anyway and that other place yeah let's not talk about the other place yeah. all right i also want to thank ramana hussein uh, always fun talking about the issues from ramana hussein mile porter the man the myth the legend doing a great job and the other man the myth the legend the doctor the pride of joy of Alton, Illinois wheeling the deal behind the board give yourself a raise take it out of petty cash have a great weekend everybody see you Tuesday Just to remind you, the Ben Jarofsky Show is brought to you by the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150, and it's brought to you by the Chicago Federation of Labor. Have a good weekend. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? 
Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.